Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right, all right, guys. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. You are here with your host, the Viking. Scooby Drew. And the Bourbon Cow. And we're on air. And we're on air. We're on air. That's right. Fucking says it right there in neon colors. And um, we are... How where are we? Well, okay, so uh, where we are. So we're down on Washington Street at Stanley's. Now, Patrick Stanley across the street has an event place. I guess that would be the best way to do it. It may even have a dang name. I'll check it out and, and let you guys know. But he has an event space over there for weddings and parties and special events. Well, it's rented out again tonight, isn't it? Yeah, he's got some sort of music uh, thing going on tonight. And then, back of the back of the venue, there's a sweet little room with a pool table and some swanky furniture that um, Barry is kind of managing for special events and they have little cigar um, events back in here. And uh, I reached out to Barry here at Stanley's and he said, yeah, come on down. So that's what we're checking out this afternoon. And... um, yeah, so I'm excited. And we're on air with our new on-air sign. It's we're like official. total pro. This is 100%. We're right. like total pro. Now. So, no, we're joking about, um, I was enjoying myself one evening and I saw somebody had a neon sign, so I decided we needed one. We got a, you'll see pictures of it. I think it's, I think it's actually really cool, it's fun. You know, it's a cool little neon on-air sign, so we'll have it up in all the podcasts now. Stuff like that will take a good picture. Um, so, uh, this is one of those episodes that we do every year where we get really, really excited. Um, we are going to fire up the newest release from Crownheads and Tobacco Lair Machado. This is the Mildias Malanitos. 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 Um, the most unique thing about this cigar right off the bat before getting into it, it is the first Maduro wrap cigar that Crownheads has done as Crownheads. Since the Four Kicks Maduro in 16, was that when it was up? 17? 16, 16, something like that, I think. Um, So, we're going to jump into this. Now, I am not going to lie to you, this is not my first cigar. This is not Andrew's first cigar. This is the Cowboys' first cigar, which I'm very excited about. I think this is going to be a palate pleaser. Um, Especially with the history with Luciano and we broke it, uh, the Diaz all down and whatever. Right, especially so this excited. brand too, yeah. yeah. I, I kinda I, I kind of forgot about that. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting, I think. So we've got a bunch of uh, I shouldn't say a bunch, we have a few different bourbons here, three of which we've had on the podcast before, one of which we have not. Um but we're gonna start. I definitely, if you hear me out, I wanna finish or like let's not start with the bourbon and blondes pick okay like let's get into some of the meat and then do that so what do you think well let's start with this um 
Well, I, what I brought is a Clyde Mays, and we've had it on the show, I want to say it was probably a month, month and a half ago back. It was a 15-year um, Clyde Mays, and it's 112 proof. And then I also brought this um, Calumet Farm. It's a 15-year-old, and um, it, let's see, what is it? It's, uh, this is 96 proof. So I think we start with this, okay, and sit with this and see how this is. Some of you've never had this. I have uh, not. Scoop. I have not. I've I've had. So I have. That's one of the the is 14, right? Yeah. There's a yeah. 14 and a 15. So I've got 15. 15 is what I brought back from uh, Louisville. Yeah. Um, and I've had my actual funny story about Calumet when I had it is during COVID. We went to dinner and we went to. Um, oh, now it's gonna skip me. It's it's over there in uh, De Pere, um, down. Oh man, uh, they've got a great cool bar in the middle. They've got a little butcher with it. T uh, turtle. Uh, oh, on uh, you're talking about down there in Dogtown? No, no, no. The Rock no, Turtle or whatever no, the hell it is for Felix's. No, okay. No, it'll it'll hit me in the head. Okay. But we went in there and like it was just right after kind of COVID restrictions had to let up. So I'm going in there and we sit down and he's got the bird menu and I was like, um, I'm asking for different things. They're all out. I'm like, oh, can I just have Buffalo Trace? You know? And he goes, Ah, oh, we're out of that too. I'm like, what do you have? He goes, We have Calumet Four or Calumet Fifteen. I'm like, All right. I was like, May I have a double of that of my drink for the night? Right. Their glasses are probably about this size, right? They bring it out, it's poured to here, okay? So I'm talking about three quarters of the glass. I'm like, God damn, all right, so I take a drink of it, I set it down. The waiter comes back with another one and tops the glass off. Huh. Goes, there's your double. I'm like, well, there's my one drink for the weekend. Like, <laughs> Jesus. And it was very good. How much was it? Uh, 38 bucks. For a double? The 16. <laughs> Oh, uh, that sounds 16, 17. No, it was more a quadruple. Like a six ounce four. It's a fucking quadruple is what it was. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. So we'll start with that, and then we're gonna light into these Mildias and uh, let the fun begin. A comfortable silence as we're all lighting up. All right. Okay, so I've never smoked crack. But you know in like the movies when someone takes a big hit of crack and they're like... Right? Yeah. That's the cigar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not saying it's crack, but that, that very good feeling after. I mean, that's a... That's oh, a so let's do our inaugural cheers. Scooby yes. Drew, welcome to the inaugural cheers club. All right, perfect. There you go. This has got kind of a... Right off the nose, there's a little hint of orange. I think it's just really... It's got some citrus on the, on the palate, too. But it's not... Um, I mean, the nose is pretty crazy. Um, I don't know, it kind of more hangs out in your gums than it does your tongue. A little bit. It's not as heavy as I thought it'd be. That's going to go really well with that first third of the cigar, though. Yeah, don't say third. <laughs> Quarter. Okay. No, it does get <laughs> really good. The first king top whip. Mm. 
Yeah, for 96 proof, that's a nice little, it's like a little citrus bang in your mouth. Um, I don't know. Do you Proof's, know anything, you know anything about crazy. that bourbon? Yeah. About that bourbon? Like, is Calumet its own distillery? Who, who does their stuff? I will tell you. I haven't spent a lot of time with this. Um, let's see. Um, they're toting like 74% corn, 18% rye, rye, and 8% malted barley. And uh, batch size 19 barrels. So this is a single rack black, 96 proof, so it's just right under 100. 14 year old. Let's see. Um, One of the super unique things about this cigar, and I promise we'll get into all our, our trash talk, guys. We will get to it. Um, the, the, the combustion, the actual density of the body. This is a full, a full body cigar, like smoke production, okay? That's what we're talking about. But where I won't give it a full body, I'm gonna give it medium, is because the density of the smoke, it's silky and airy. Yeah. It's not pronounced, it's, but it it's leaves- not the no, yeah, it, it leaves so much, so much taste and texture in the middle of your tongue. Sam, I'm already getting that fucking chocolate. So am I. Oh, I got, I got it off just smelling. Already, I think it's just stuck in our heads now. But it's still every time you light this thing up, black pepper, black pepper, and then. Yes. Mixing with this gets more of that white pepper with that citrus already on the uh, on the palate. Haji, what you got for us? I'm reading I, because there's a, a big story about this, and I don't want to get it wrong. So I was trying to figure out some notes down here, and I just almost finished this up, and then I'm. Oh, does it have a complete like shelf back? Yeah, it's got a lot oh, okay. of history of the whole thing. So what do you, why he's doing that, what do you think of the cow, just, just the whiskey itself, like, how do you feel? After one zip, big fan, super yeah. smooth. Um, definitely not as hot as stuff we usually drink. That's true. So, first pour of the day, it's probably a plus. That's true. Um, I think it's going really well so far with this though. Kind of dumbing down that super black pepper. Yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not, remember when I was talking about it on, on I think it was Monday? And it's like when you drew the smoke in, it just it hit the middle of your yep. tongue. Like it's just there. Yep. And then that spice does its radiancy, but then it that's when that honey pops up. Yep. And then you finish and it's just chocolate, like the coffee on the just blow it together. Insane. Okay, so there's no clear they don't come right out and tell you uh, basically what it is. But Calumon Farms is one of the oldest and most established uh, farms for raising and breeding thoroughbred racing horses. Oh, so they're pretty famous in the horse. It actually says on the back how many triple crowns, how many this, this, So that's this, this. got a linear story to pick yeah. Uh Well, I don't know about that. But I know that's a racing. 
the, the storyline behind Pen Book is okay. racehorses too. Um, but this says this was distilled um, in, in northern Kentucky. That's as far as they're saying. And it's bottled in Kentucky. So it's a Kentucky product, but they don't really come out and say, but northern Kentucky. It isn't the usual, at least anything I could find on there. But it's good. We've had it a couple times, and it's really good. That, that's really cool if you think about that, too. If you think about the horse race, kind of, I, mean, I know that, is it Churchill Downs in Kentucky? Yep. Yeah, okay. So you know you know all of that when you look at different things like Pinhook, now Calumet Story, right? The Stave Collection barrel tops for Blanton's are a horse in full stride, right, from gate to finish. That's the beat through us. Um, it's cool to see that wrapped into all the bourbon, too, you know, because I'm sure, I'm sure it's, you know, and again, they drink mint juleps. So. Yeah. You know what's crazy about this is when you drink that, it, it, I, I got to say, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Yippie Kaye. It kind of explodes right in your mouth and hangs around in there. Because I remember the saying? first time I said I had Yippie Kaye, it was like an explosion in my mouth of a bunch of different flavors, citrus, and of course you can get a little honey and... Uh, And I'm not saying, I, I'm not comparing it like pound for pound with Yippie Kaye. I'm just saying it's more like I'm saying how that hit my mouth, Yippie Kaye, this does. You know how some of it is, it kind of, it stays on the tongue and then it goes down and yeah. you get that burn. This kind of just has a bunch of fun in the old palate. Yeah, this, I, like, I do like this because uh, I was saying when you were reading, like it comes in and hits, you, you get your flavors, whatever you're having, right? And then when it go, once you swallow it, it goes away. You don't feel anything here, but the side of my tongue, like it's still there, the side of my tongue. Right? It's, it's a unique sweet and spice, but that could be the cigar too, doing that that whole mashup. Mm. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's kind of like uh, you remember one that flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, and he's sitting next to Big Chief. And they haven't heard him. He's been there for months. And he gives him a piece of gum and he goes, mmm, juicy fruit. <laughs> he's like, Chief, what? You can talk? I mean, this is kind of what this is like, man. After I, like, took a big puff. But, you know, I'm going to have to smoke a couple of these. And really, I'd love to smoke the old one and compare it to this one. And they're going to be different, right? They're 100% different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I don't, I don't think any of the binder filler mash changed it did um but that that maduro wrapper smacha maduro wrapper you know it's and this is one of the few a few times that i'll say to people like that wrapper makes such a flavor distinction change is when you go from a line having the exact same wrapper through and through right size variance right to completely altering the wrapper that's where you will notice that that additive of change of flavor, right? Whereas if, if this were just a, a Mil Dios and they changed the viso leaf, instead of going to Peru, they went to Honduras, some palates would grab that, like very well-trained palates would grab that. I don't know that any of us would, we might, you might catch it, like mm, that's different. That's well, a little weird, right. but same thing, right? To catch that, but on the wrapper with the combustion is direct mouthfeel, this adds so much flavor to a Mel Dia. Like, I want the Escoguitos with this wrapper. That's where I'm at. 
Imagine. That that uh, Churchill that we smoked at uh, Wendy's, that Escogidos from 19 or 20, 21, Did 20? you say Mosquito? Escogidos. Oh, Escogido. I don't know. Those words just fluently <laughs> come off your tongue. For me, it's not so easy. Don't worry, I don't roll Although my this one, uh, what, was, what was the uh, name of this one again? I know it's the Mel Diaz. Uh, Mar- Mar- Marinitos. 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 Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, can, I can do that. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know the meaning of that? I don't know. It is a pig-shaped gingerbread cookie in Mexico. A gingerbread so cookie in Mexico. Yeah. So it's an homage to the Mexican Maduro wrapper. That and then the the true flavor of it. You, we, we talked about it. We'll get into it more. Some of those spices that you get from it, you could correlate to that gingerbread. Yeah. Yes. One thing I was really excited about for you to smoke this and do it first here is when we get about halfway into this cigar and we start moving around on some of these bourbons, I already know the cigar that that's going to fucking remind you of. Like it's, I, I already know you're going to say it, and I hope you say it. If you don't, I'm not going to fucking tell you. But <laughs> it's just there's Mil and, and the thing is, especially with the three of us, the draw is amazing. Mil Diaz has such a romantic relationship with us now because of what we sat with Luciano and what he did, right? We're the three people that sat there. Yeah. yeah. No one else got to do that. Like, no one else will understand that, you know? Well, now when you get to physically touch and put in your face and smell the leaves and everything that went into uh, building this cigar, you know? Insane. I'm gonna go to little yeah. girl's room, you guys keep talking. All right. You know, I the thing about and I don't know why I'm hooked on this right now. You know what everybody says, you know, man, you know, 10, 11 bucks for a cigar, that's a lot of money. Really? I mean, sit down and let me tell you a story yeah. on how this baby was made yeah. and how it came from seed to farm and then how it was rolled and conceived and then brought to market and then come to the United States and now it's at lit and now stick it in your mouth. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot and then to meet and know the people that in the history behind the people who are doing these and rolling these uh, it's just it's really amazing i mean i think ten ten dollars for whatever in that price range i mean it's just i think people just need to be shown the value of what they're smoking and understand it it's like when you give somebody a bid you're like well because i'm a landscaper as well as a builder and I tell them how much it's gonna cost, I pretty much don't tell them what it's gonna cost until I go through the whole thing yeah. and show them what they're getting and show value to where all this is going to this cost initially. But well, and you think, anyway. We've talked about it multiple times, how many hands this cigar that you are now smoking touches over the three, four years, however long you know this cigar was made. You got it from the field, you got it then, the people picking it, then you bring it into the barns, you know, then it goes to the rollers, etc., etc. Just how many different parts go into making this $11 cigar? You know, all that process for this. And I was actually yeah. talking to somebody last night on price, how, you know, our humidor lid is, that, that money spot is 9 to 13. I feel like that's where we kind of average with our sticks. Then you can get into your Padrones, your 20 plus. There's that really weird gray area, which I've seen consumers continuously do this to where it's 
you know, that 17, 18, $19 cigar, they, they don't pull that trigger. Because it's either you go a little cheaper and you're enjoying a really good cigar, there might not be that much of a difference, or you bump it up a little bit and you're at your Padrones. You're at your, I really know what I'm getting once I spend this 22 or more. So I'm, I'm very interested to see that, that kind of gray area there and that 17, 18, $19 range of cigars. Yeah, I mean, paying 50 bucks for a cigar, yeah. you'd have to tell me a pretty damn good story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've noted, look, some, some of those, and I think everyone is hip to this now, um, and I'm gonna use Davidoff just because it's the most apparent one. Are any of their cigars, okay, is any of their cigars worth $500? No. I don't think a cigar in the world is okay. no, no, I don't care if you wrap it like, uh, in gold and you can smoke it you can't right i mean it just and, and fucking uh his name will come to me he does daniel marshall does it all the time um but a lot of that you have to look at the lineage you know the name the namesake attributes to that cost all the time 500 for the Orblog, that's a little weird right but come down to the limited stuff you know it's 45 50 60 dollars if you're really into it Right, you'll you'll do it one time, right? Like when the twenty one limited Davidoff came, it was forty eight bucks, but I had to smoke it. We love the late hour, right? The blend on this is the wrapper of the late hour with the classic white label binder and filler. Okay, so you're gonna put that's that's that's, that's, that's Mil Dios with this fucking wrapper. You know what I mean? Like that same kind of uh, attribution. But to your point of seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, six years ago. The national average of any comfortable smoker, like you'll, you, you sat, we all sat right inside this. The average purchase dollar amount was between eight ten and twelve thirty. Anybody in that range, you, everybody would buy it, right? From December of twenty one, um, or December of twenty, sorry, to December of twenty one, and that outside growing year, the average cost of a cigar in the OK buying region is now eleven thirty to fourteen ten. Right now, it also helps that the average cost of a cigar went from the wholesale side went from like three eighty to six twenty. But you know, it, it sometimes that happens. Like we talked about earlier in the year about price changes that come every year. You know, you'd better expect that in is that cracked or is that yeah, legs? It's a crack. Okay, don't drink out of that side. Um, you'd better expect in, in a couple of years that. Hey man, your twelve dollar cigar is now going to be sixteen. You well, know, when you when you bugged out for a minute, I was telling him when I was looking at this cigar. <clears throat> you know, of course, we talked about how special this cigar because of what we went through with Luciano. But I, I was thinking of the value of this, and you know, people, uh, you know, guys that I've met through the years are like, you know, man, that's a lot uh, for a cigar like ten, twelve bucks. I've got buddies who won't spend that, but. I mean, when you really think about it in the value, is basically what I was talking about from seed and everything it goes through, from the, the family history to the people that touch it and roll it and stack it and then market it and bring it to lit. I mean, it's amazing that it only costs $10 in my right, opinion. Right. I mean, quite frankly, it's just crazy. And this is where, in, where personal perception comes into cost on things, right? Look, I love my 92 Bo Maduros. I don't mind paying 24, 26, 30 bucks for them, right? I don't at all, okay? I wouldn't mind paying $20 for this cigar, right? Because now that you've tasted it, you're there. 
that's one of those things where it's almost like I wish there could be a sliding scale on bourbon and, and cigars. So the first time you get it, it's five and $10, okay? Right, and once you like it, now you see its cost, and if you want to continue, you, and I think, I, I know that sounds crazy, I feel a lot of people be like, fuck yeah, I got it cheap, but I think a lot more would be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm in. You know, on certain things, I know you can't do it with everything, but yeah, I think it would be a unique way of trying that. Love it. But that, that perception comes down to, to everything. So. Well, I think the other thing too is, is that's why we encourage going to your local smokehouse and just like let all the people that are around there, of course, you know, you and uh, Scrooby Drew here, you know, talking the shop talk about cigars and whatever. Go to your local places, sit down and talk some shops so you can learn more about the cigars and what you're smoking and then you'll you know it'll help you understand the prices and the value of what you get a chance to smoke and listen to some of these guys in these local smoke houses they know a lot of shit and listen to us we run our mouths and we know a lot of shit too right um so let's keep smoking through these if anything pops out at you just mention it and throw it in we'll finish the caliber move on to something else but let's talk about the space we're in right i mean so this is this is dope this is pretty cool yeah. No, so do you know do you know operation here? Like is so do you have to rent this space or is like this is this rented a space? Rented space? Yeah, so you know, um, and you know, obviously when Barry gets on, he can tell us mm -hmm. more about that. That's true. But I think this is kind of a private like if we wanted to get a group of ten guys or whatever and have an event down here, we talk to him about pricing and how many hours we want to be down here and just what we, we want to bring to the table and what he can bring to the table. But I got to say, I was even kind of surprised. Um, and, and, and this is my word, swanky, right? Yep, that's your it's word. Like, it, it's like, um, it's, what do you say, uh, bougie? Bougie. Yeah. yeah. Hard. But I mean, Hard the furniture, <laughs> it's not like, it's just, it fits. There's like old time rugs. There's paintings on the wall. I love the exposed the fixtures. Yeah. I mean, the one fixture looks like the bottom of a jellyfish. Yes, it does. It's crazy. And then they got paintings and a beautiful uh, uh, a pool table over there and TVs, right? So and a killer private poker table, too. Yeah. A little vintage five chair. And they do table. have lockers over here, too, which... Um, Barry can talk a little bit about that. It looks like they've got big lockers on the bottom and then, you know, regular size lockers. Yeah. Those are probably 13 by 17 deep or something like that. I don't know. Interesting. They're like, they're like I like how the handle is like a file cabinet. Yeah. You know what I mean? They pop them. It's pretty cool. That's something that's getting really interesting too is locker design and build out is altering quite a bit. You know, that, the bourbon, the uh, Calumon, it, it reminds me of another bourbon, and I wish I could just pull it right up, what it reminds me of, but that's what me and you were talking about on the last podcast. I wish I could pull up, because when you taste something, um, like, you know, in your childhood, when you're tasting things and taste, you always, it seems like you can bring, when you taste it again, you can bring it up. Obviously, you know, you'd have to drink one bourbon, I think, for a long time to really lock that in. 
and know it. And just um, dead pick But it. I know yeah. this is a, a real close to something that I've drank before that's really good. And um, I'm really getting some chocolate out of this baby now. Just wait. Yeah. Just wait. Yeah, it, it's, it's the chocolate. I need a cigar, I yeah. I jumped yeah. around a little bit. <laughs> um, so I wanted, I wanted to talk about two things. You know what an NFT is? Yes. Okay. I don't know what it stands for. Um, I know they're incredibly expensive, this and that. But we've had our fun with LFD over the years, right? Um, LFD is releasing an NFT. Okay. Okay. So maybe I don't. What I'm thinking of. The digital thing. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're releasing. Like everybody's selling moments. Yes. Like the picture time. and. Right. But so it's like you a, own that moment. Yeah. Like a thing. So they're selling four of them. Yeah. And if you get it, you get the Oro Bull that was done. Was that last year? Year before? The one they just auctioned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that was a couple months ago. A couple months ago, okay. It was a, a, a new Churchill size of the Bull that came in a gold plated emerald humidor. It was like 40 grand or some shit. And I don't even know what it auctioned for. I think it went well above that. Yeah. Um, so now what they're doing is they're selling four of these NFTs. So they're auctioning four of them off. And when you get the NFT, you'll get what, a bundle of 25 cigars a month for a year? No, so basically what it is, you have the right then to purchase that size of the bowl for however many months that NFT takes you. Uh, so you have the right to purchase, I think it's up to 10 boxes a month of that cigar, of that, of that limited release bowl. But what digitally are you buying? Just the I'll NFT. The NFT then gives you the right to buy the cigars. Okay. Yeah. But what is? Well, I, I guess when I'm thinking NFT, I'm thinking of a digital moment. Like um, there was a pass thrown by Brady, and you own that digital thing or whatever. Or a no. So like movie. a lot of people will create just like almost this bitmoji, right? This is just digital. Yeah. Almost anime-looking design of something, and that is their NFT. They yeah. sell that. So, for. the purchaser of the seven NFTs will have access to buy up to seventy of the Golden Bull per month for as long as they own the NFT. Should they choose to sell it, the rights to the cigars will be transferred to the new owner, meaning that only seven people in the world will have the ability to buy the Golden Bull. How, how are they going to keep people though? From so now here's 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 my. How highly do you have to think of yourself and your product that you think your digital moment is worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and those people want that many of your cigars? To purchase 70 a month, that's probably three grand. Yeah, it's that's some crazy, listen man, shit's getting crazy. And I'm like, that's just crazy. Say we decide to make a NFT, right? Lit and craft and we do this whole big stupid NFT with like a monster with two heads and lit behind it. Like we get people craft to draw it up or something, right? And we sell it, okay? Right? Or forget that, you buy one, okay? And then someone goes, okay, now that you've spent X amount of thousands of dollars on this, I will allow you to pay me more for that. Yeah. I'm like, I'll, I'll refund. You know that? Yeah. That's, that's, that's like buying, how do I do that? It's like, Okay, you come into a lounge and you buy a cigar, right? Or you purchase a drink, and then since you purchase the drink, you have the option to pay for a glass. 
Excuse me? Yeah, I know. It's uh, the problem. Can I have a receptacle for my drink, please? <laughs> the problem is people are going to do it. That It's LFD, though. You know how many people there are in the world with money that they just don't care what they do? Yeah. But it's LFD. I get that. So, and, like an L, um, NF, what, what did you call it? NFT. I don't NFT. know what that stands for. But that's so, like, you're saying where this is going is, okay, so I'm a big Tarantino fan. I love Pulp Fiction. So, you can buy, like, when he, um, when, um, he comes back, oh, who am I thinking of? Anyway, gets on the chopper, and he gets his little honey bunny, mm-hmm. and she goes, whose chopper is this? And, and he goes, Zed. She goes, who's Zed? Zed, this is his chopper, he's dead. A moment of, like, a famous line or whatever, you can buy that now, and oh, own wow. that digital huh. space. It's just like they're selling NFTs for, like, somebody shoots a basket but let's say jordan shoots this specific basket in a specific game you can buy that digital moment and you own it but yeah who the nbc or whomever yeah 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 i was even the the other thing that i saw alone is doing this yeah that's what i was going to get i don't know all the ins and outs of it and and obviously we'll we'll get it figured out now that we've been talking about it but stallone's doing something like that with the rocky films Yes, and, and if you uh, buy his NFT, and Rand- then there's, he's going to have promotional things. You'll eventually get to meet him, and you'll be in his, quote, Stallone Club or whatever when you purchase his NFT clubs. How highly do you have to think about yourself? Maybe you're riding the big bird with expendables. <laughs> Man, all right, I mean, if we can get the crow playing, I'm down. Hey, if we can all get cigars going and get up Let's in the Let's do it. Mickey Rourke's got to be there, though. I'm a big Mickey Rourke fan. Big Mickey Rourke fan. Um... But no, like some artists are doing that now. You know, you know, like some artists will sell paintings and they go for whatever. Well, now they're doing these digital NFTs, yeah. and it's yeah. literally a one-off where like the painting is painted, then it's scanned, loaded to this digital NFT, and then the painting is burned. It's like, crazy, man. There it's it like, is. If you want it, there. Like that's insane. Are you a bunch of digital shit on your wall? Yeah. I was blown away when tennis shoes went to a hundred bucks, and, and, and now we're in an age where a hamburger can cost you twenty bucks. But well, hey man, hell of a lot more than that. Especially oh if you God. go to a high end restaurant. Fuck, fuck high end. Five Guys, Five Guys burger and fries. Oh my lord! I go to Five Guys. I get a medium fry. I get three patties, no bun, cheese, jalapenos, and mustard in a bowl. Twenty six dollars. Yeah. Think about that. Medium fries, like an extra large, everywhere else. You well, the small fries are fucking super size, man. Right. They have. Have you ever been to Five Guys? Oh yeah. Okay, so you ever seen them actually bag their fries? It is the funniest thing in the world. They grab the brown bag, okay, then they put the fry carton in the bag, then they fill the bag up. Yep. Hmm. Hope it gets full soon. Like what? What do you? What do you need the carton for? Just fill yeah. The bag up. When Janine, we used to go to McDonald's for the kids, right? Get Happy Meals and shit, and I would laugh because. Any, any, I'm not going to go into a long story about it. the kids we would go get. Anyway, I was always kidding with Janine. I'm like, man, where's this going? You know, like 40-ounce drinks, you know. I mean, everything is so big. I'm like, what are we going to do? Pull up to McDonald's. Like, okay, I would like, give me a bucket of soda, a bucket of fries. And could, oh, yeah, can we get the extra large bucket of burgers? But they already have that. It's like the Crave case. Now you get a suitcase. 
right? Oh, like, well, yeah. Suitcase, and uh, of, if you of, remember, White Castle is now called the um, Case. Mc, McDonald's did uh, like party packs. Where you get like twenty cheeseburgers. What? Yeah, yeah, in like early two thousands. Oh, so yeah, come out. Was it called? A, I think party packs. Taco Bell. Sorry. Yeah. They yeah. Oh, sack of burgers. I swear to God, like a sack yeah. of burgers. It was like sixteen bucks. You got twenty cheeseburgers. Just you know, like kids' meal cheeseburger, just burger, cheese, bun, bread sauce. Twenty of them. Was yeah. the best. The best. Having stoner friends, it was fucking awesome. <laughs> it was great. Now, are you guys having? I'm kind of a double smoker, but you see what mine's doing? I'm getting right. ready to drop this, but I'm seeing your guys burn, and it's not like mine. I'm thinking I'm in the. You might be. I think that's coming straight. Yeah. And well, right here. here. I think that's a return. Oh, I'm getting one. that over there. But anyway, that's maybe why mine's doing just maybe. a shade mine's, of canoeing. But mine's pretty. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's just yeah. Prices are. Uh, I thought I thought that was very interesting. No, I think it's very interesting too. It's just like cryptocurrency. Oh, I'm like, dude, that shit's just off the hook right now. Did I'm I like what? I think you and I talked about it. Did I tell you about the guy that was telling me why I should buy a crypto and then he was telling me how much money he had and then when I asked him if he could explain it to me, he told me no. Exactly. Oh my God. I, it was, we, I'm sitting sitting at the lounge, hanging out. Is a customer? Yeah. Uh, three, dark hair, yep, straw. Yep, yeah. Three, three yeah. guys sitting there. He's telling me he's got two point whatever yeah. coin. I'm like, man, that's I'm into that. Like, I don't know anything about stocks. I'm yeah. trying to get into stocks. You know, I want to play with that a little bit, you know, whatever. I'm like, can and he's like, Bitcoin, 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 cryptocurrency, cryptocurrency, da 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 da. Portfolio, 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 portfolio. I'm like, dope, how does it work? He goes, I don't know. Right. Like they, they I'm like, what are you, what I'm like, so how do you get that money? And someone's gotta buy it. Like the guy who's in the bar drinking, he's playing pool, and he looks down at his phone, oh my god, I'm a millionaire. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you know, oh, like, I don't know. And, and what do you? And can you buy us some drinks now that you're a millionaire, or whatever? Or take some of your cryptocurrency and buy us some shit. Oh, oh, I really don't know how I could do that. I don't even know how. I and it's like I don't working. watch the stock market, but every time it happens to cryptocurrency, it's front page news. Crypto can go like this on a steady upswing. Like I think Bitcoin last year at some point got up to like a hundred and eighty-six thousand a share. And then, like a week later, it was fourteen dollars a share. Right. And then it went all the way back so up to like, like seventy. It's at yeah. like forty-three, forty-four right now. Like Thousand yeah. or dollars. Dollars. The stock 43 market. Dollars? The best forty-three thousand dollars. Get the fuck out. I of think it. stock market. The best way to describe it is, it's an investment in your future, right? Yeah. yeah the bad thing about stock market is, is when do you need your money, right? So. If you're like 72, you're falling on hard times and you're getting ready to pull your money now and up, oh, it's 08. Shit just hit rock bottom. It's all about timing. You know that what I'm saying? It's like, it's like the stock guys, like when are ever going to okay. need it, money? This is down a half percent. One Bitcoin costs $41,159. And 27 cents. One Bitcoin costs forty-one thousand. One. And do you get a physical coin? No, no. it's fake. It's digital. All this yeah, is is some asshole took the monopoly money idea, yeah, and put it in code. Good for him. Ooh, there's a thought. 
Good for him. But that's the thing with the stock market too, right? So like, there's, I'm just talking to some stock like investment guys and stuff, and they're like, "How much do you want to spend?" I'm like, "I don't know, about five grand." And they're like, "Like now, or like, is that just all?" I'm like, "Well, like, can I play five grand in the stock market and yeah. just roll with it for now, or is that all?" I'm like, "Can I just give you five thousand fucking dollars and in like twenty years I have money?" Well, the market, and I'm like, I so. I've always been curious, like people that are really into that, that have put, you know, cause like I have, I have an IRA, right? Th- that company handles the aggressiveness and all that. And it, it matches dividends and shit. And it makes a little money every month and year. And you know, in 25 years I'll open it, you know, whatever. But with the market, I feel like you have to spend big to make big later, right? It's like when anytime someone's got something like, oh, my share's doing good. How many have 130? And they're like, oh, I got in when it was low and it was $14 a share. What is it now? Yeah. It's 48 A lot oh, of people bought yeah. 10 Bitcoins when it was, oh, you know. Right. Yeah, but who's going to give you? That's, that's, I want to talk to the guy that yeah. gives you $2 million cash for fake money. Yeah. And I want to slap him. I don't know. We're still all kind of learning. I mean, and you know, it's been all over the news here lately trying to explain crypto money. Um, because as we all know, growing up, with our money, the, the uh, exchange money of, of the United States, for every dollar, there had to be gold to back that dollar. That's the standard. So that's how currency started. For, for whatever that currency's worth, it has to be backed up by gold. Well, it ain't like that anymore. Right. That fell to the wayside a long time ago. All right, so we'll come off our, our currency talk. I got I got some cool industry stuff I want to get some insights on. and So we finished the Calumet. Um, Cowboy, you pick the next one and let's run with it. Well, let's, uh, and we'll hold on to that till we get him in with yeah. us. But let's, uh, why don't we go to Clyde Mays, the 15-year, which I don't need to spend a lot of time with because we've already had it on the show before. I just went down and grabbed it on, on our way down here and thought this would be a nice board today. And it, of course, I was thinking, well, it was gonna be, it's not raining in here, but I was just wanting some really good smooth stuff today. And uh, anyway, we'll pour this next. I'll be drinking on the uh, right side of my drink because my glass is cracked. Um, okay, so if you're familiar with Blackbird Cigars, um, which one? Blackbird. I actually the Crow, the Jack High. We just smoked spent those. some time looking them up and right reading on. about them. Um, you're familiar with them, right? Okay, so there's been a lot of dysfunction inside the industry ever since IPCPR disbanded and it became PCA. Okay, uh, but I think Blackbird did something really unique and uh, I'm gonna say honorable, but really cool for the PCA. So this year in PCA, they have pulled out. They will not be present at the trade show. Reason being is their factory expansion in the Dominican, or anything, Honduras maybe, wherever they're at. Um, 16, 16 or 20,000 foot factory they're going into. They're moving dates and inspections and all that kind of thing correlate with the PCA. So when they withdrew from going to the event, they did not ask for any of their reservation fees or their floor fees back. They let the PCA keep them to put it into the organization. Pretty dope. Yeah. Right? How much are we talking about? Do we have any idea? Uh, so I don't know PCA news standards, but old IPCPR 
booth space rental was $230 a square foot. Okay, so depending on how the size of your booth, yeah, right, that's what you were paying. And then there's there's a fee that is paid by every uh, company or brand that comes into the stage floor. Yeah, on top of that, the travel of your product, bringing your product, facing your product, what you're so giving two samples uh, a square foot. Yeah. So I would imagine most booths would at least be ten by ten. So there you most get most booths feet. are that couch. One of those high top tables and a single display in about this size right here. So it may be even less than a hundred, but on average, maybe anywhere from fifty to seventy-five square feet within a booth, maybe. Yeah, it's fourteen. It's almost two grand just to be there, you know. And that's before you fly into furniture or you rent your furniture. You bring your product. You stay. The product you give away is samples. So you know? Kraft and Puro will not be having no booth no. out there. No. You know, I would like but to go. I would like to go though, and uh, it's it's a, it's a it's a unique scenario. It is really cool because now the way it's done is it is strictly all business. You know, like the trade shows before seventeen, like they sold once all the suppliers, media, um, account, uh, um, wholesalers, and brick and mortar tickets were sold. They would sell a hundred general admission tickets. The problem with that was you own a company, I'm sitting down with you, we're going tasting through products, you know, we're trying to get a deal together and 50 fanboys are making noise behind you because they want to shake your hand, you know? Right. And then even worse than that, once the event's over, everybody's in the lobby bar, smoking, drinking, having a good time. You can't just connect with other people in the industry because 50 fanboys want to have a shot with you or they want to buy you a drink or they want to get a picture or they want to do this they want to do that right Got you. so when that changed that was cool because now it is when you, you know when you get done you might be at dinner and your table's over there someone's was over here well suddenly hey these are going together and then you can be sitting at a table with eight other brick and mortar owners and the heads of four of the largest companies shooting the shit smoking drinking eating Everyone goes to bed. You go in the next day. Your meeting's at eleven. Business is normal, right? You can do that now. You know, um, but I'm, I'm just curious with, and I know we have people that we can talk to. I like, can specifically ask this, but I wonder what the big disposition between some of these larger brands and IPCPR versus the PCA, because when you look at what the two the two organizations did on paper for the cigar industry. PCA is a logistical and uh, uh, what do you, um, uh, they're going against, uh, oh my God, what is the worst? PCA has taken on more of a FDA fight forefront, right? Like they're, the whole new direction of PCA is focused on retailers, wholesalers, supply chain and keeping premium cigars out of government handling, right? That's what it's all gone to. It's the literal sole focus of it, right? Well, they just had that big scientific study, didn't they? That oh, yeah. kind of made the FDA yeah. get off their ass a little bit. Yeah. That, was a, that was a cool study. So uh, I don't know the college. We're going to assume it was Harvard, Yale, or one of those, those one guys, of ones. right? They, um, they got 44 males between the age of 22 and 64 that were not habitual, but active smokers, 
cigar smokers, okay? And for a six month period, you know, some of them smoked one a week, some of them smoked three a day, some of them smoked six, you know, random bridles, and for six months, weekly, they checked, they had physicals. Once a month and weekly, they had biometrics and um, uh, like blood test, things like that done. They found through this entire test that based on the range of smoker, nobody started from where their health baseline was when they started, it didn't get better or worse in any degree in that time. That that article published, that sent out, and it literally, the FDA kind of pulled away, right? Yeah. Now what's interesting that you're seeing is local, local legislation and governments are taking that fight back to flavored tobacco. So just today, a, a city town in Delaware banned the sale of flavored cigars. Hmm. And it passed. You know, so that comes back to a conversation we had over a year, maybe even two years ago now, about acid and what would happen if the FDA came in. And, and we yeah. use acid because they're the biggest, you know, just yeah. largest side, right? But that would affect so many. You know, I was, I was kind of a proponent for it. I was kind of joking. I was like, well, you know what, if acid can't... Your state can't make acid anymore. That means all that Liga and all that's just got to be regular production. <laughs> we can all smoke that shit, <laughs> you know. But it's just it's just interesting to see why that has changed. That's but cool. It's cool to see support inside a brand like that, though, where you know they're not gonna pull out and take all the money back because it's not like anything was wrong, but they worked through it. Cool. I'm gonna get see if I can grab Kick Berry because it's two forty already. Okay. He probably has to be over there at three, mm. and we probably need to be winding it down for that too. I don't have to be there. They open at three. Anyway, um, so what do you think of the Clyde Maze? It's good. A little more heat to it. A little yeah. more oak. Not a little as, more buttery. Yeah. Right. Yeah, not as not as sweet forward. Yeah. Um, sits on the palate a lot longer. Um, this, this. Um, with the middle of the us. Yeah. This really is sent Jesus, I can't talk. I can't Sinuous. bring my microphones. I can't keep my water bottle. It is a Wednesday. Um, insinuates all of the spice in the middle of your tongue. But then it gives it more of that uh, caramel spice finish that runs through. And I'll, I'll say my favorite. What we had talked about last week, I'll say it once we get to the band yeah. area. Yeah. Because that's when it really comes out. I'll wait for Hodge to be here too to see. And we'll have that us. with the bourbon blonde. Yeah. This bottle, um, bourbon and blondes. Thank you, ladies. Uh, we'll make sure you see all of this. Um, this bottle is super dope. I don't know if you listen to that podcast, but this bit, entire yeah. pick was donation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Paid yeah. for it and donated. Went to Rung for Women. They had a really awesome yeah. event. It went really well. Um, hopefully, we can get Abby and Elena out soon, but. Elena's all traveling and working on shit now. Um, but yeah, this Mill Diaz is going great. This space is dope, man. It and is. like I agree, you know, the only place you can hide this fucking thing is in the city. In the city. Because the this, you, you want to talk un, un like not only kind of like unaware. You walk in the door, you're like, oh, okay, cool, some tables. Yeah. Then you go a little further back, some back, you go a little further back, and you're like, holy shit. Uh -huh. Then you go up some stairs, and you're like, holy shit. Well, it's the only There's place. a patio on this thing. <laughs> right. It's the only place that, financially, it's already here. Shit was built. Yeah, and it's not going to go. Right, right. And so you can go up a little bit. You can go down 50 feet like they do. Totally like, good. 
And it wouldn't surprise me if this used to be loft space. I bet it was. Absolutely. And then that was all storage basement stuff. 100%. I bet that's what they were. Open it up, but drill they that did, down. What they did here was super cool. Because yeah. I, I had seen the pictures of the, the downstairs area. I was I'd, like, I'd oh, never, I'd never. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's like a kind of a one-off, you know, they're up somewhere and that's yeah. down. No. They are in the ground. Dude, that's There's like... There's tornado on to where I'm going. That's Sinatra nightclub stuff right there, dude. Yeah. You sit over there. If you, if you could smoke... Oh, my God. Date night for your girl? Pfft, money. Um, sit up top, watch some music. All day. Yeah. Cocktail. Yeah. Cocktailing. Great. Only if you could smoke a cigar. Only if you smoke a cigar, though. <laughs> then leave here, go down to last, take the shuttle to the last hotel, stay the night. Um, so... I can't speak enough about this Mil Diaz, and I'm very excited about releases coming this year. Um, I uh, even on our Instagram, I got a hold of John, and I made it real public, so it wasn't as private. I'm like, I think this is one of the best damn blends that John Huber's ever had his hands on, yeah. um, and I think this has been accepted very widely by a lot of people. You know, thing. Um, I don't trust your palate if you don't enjoy this cigar. <laughs> like, you are no longer allowed to talk tobacco to me. If you don't like this cigar, and you know, the thing, I, I still don't think that it's made it to all the retailers yet. So I'm excited to see that kind of boom from everybody starting to smoke it and, well, and see the reaction. It gets. That is the beauty of on the scale a smaller company, right? It's going to take some time logistically for that to go out. You know, not everyone's got a UPS depot on the back of their fucking, you know, like. UPS trucks aren't coming and loading up in the back to pick up your orders every day. Right. You know, you don't have FedEx drop points where they come get it every night. You know, it's not always going to be that way. Um, and this is this is a beautiful cigar, and it's going really well with with these different bourbons so it far, is. which is neat. Um, I, I think it's playing on the the different parts of the cigar, how complex it evolves. Right, and and I think you have to attribute that. Obviously, the whiskey's fantastic. I'm not going to argue that. But the cigar itself, the way the spice drills itself to the middle of your tongue, okay? That's where it sets in, right there. To the way you've got the honey, okay? The way the cocoa comes through, the way that oak suddenly appears in the back. Now think about bourbon, right? Caramels, sweets, oaks, wood. It's going to either pair with it or it's gonna contrast it in like a most beautiful way. Right. You know, you're not gonna be upset about any of that. All right, we're gonna smoke on these a little bit, get through these drinks, we'll take a quick break. Check this out from Stone Try, make sure you download Island Time and it's gonna give all the download benefits to their charity. Be right back. You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest... Right, well, there's no time. Like, I thought we had to do three, but he's cool. He's going to come in the next 15, 20 minutes. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so, so Barry's... Is it Barry's here. I know he's here. But I thought he had to be over there at three, but he's staying here. He's got three bands playing here and that, so this oh. is all his gig. He's staying Okay, here. cool. So there's no rush to get over there, whatever. We're, he's going to come the next 15, 20 minutes, and he'll tell us about everything that's going on here, which will be fantastic. And then, and what, then I think what we'll, we'll do is then, wrap up, and then we'll Yeah, go. and then we can go across, and then we can get it going up. So how's the cigar going for you so far? I was telling Andrew when you were stepping away, I was like, 
the thing that I love about this cigar and what it's doing with the bourbon is in this cigar, okay, we're gonna get to that chocolate pot in this thing in a minute. Oh, where, it's oh, happening. It, when you get under that band, it's like Hershey Kisses. It's insane. But in this cigar, all I get, I get a lot of spice, a lot of chocolate, honey, and oak, right? That's what yeah. I taste in this cigar. Now take what I just said and think about bourbon. Okay. Right? So I'm like, each one of these in a different way has compared and contrasted with the cigar very well, right? It's either contrasting beautifully where they're fighting each other and it's one of those epic sword fights, or it's just riding along with it. Uh, and I think that's because the quality of the cigar. You know, there's been times where we've been smoking some cigars and, and they're fantastic cigars. And we'll be, we'll have some drinks, we'll go from one bottle, try the next one, and then suddenly it's like, oh, there it is. Yeah. I don't think they've both been good with it. I don't even know how to describe that other than, for example, when I go to a bourbon event, well, for example, uh, Paul Casamaticus, I call him Paul Cass for short. When I do That his, is his real last name. Casamaticus. Yeah. But I just call it, shorten it and call it Cass. But in his bourbon events, a lot of the bottles are put on like a, a little Lazy Susan and we spin it and we try them. And what I was like doing is like, even with cigars, like you have a cigar, it was fantastic. You can say some things about it. But when I try bourbon, after a while, I think it's just hard to pick out something special, I guess is the best way to do it. But what I try to do is just do a little and I go through that Lazy Susan, then all of a sudden, wow, one really stood out that was memorable, right? I mean, it's like when you go to a dinner or you go somewhere and you think back two days, was there something memorable, memorable about it? Um, and for me, that's the big deal. And this, the, um, this one I think is memorable. I mean, it just, the retro hail is crazy. Well, to your thing. point, think about this. And we always like to correlate things together, right? So when it comes to a bourbon, a cigar, a restaurant, a place you've been. If someone says, hey, what's a great bourbon you've had lately, right? What brings that up? Like what you just said, it's memorable, right? Why do people I, have- Things in my head pop up right away, like that double oak from Peerless. I, oh, dude, I I'm just totally thought right. about it. And that cigar- I totally thought about it. Was, I'm just like, that was a memorable moment when we had the 101 Maker's Mark. For yep. the first time. That was freaking memorable. That was when we had Clyde Mace. That same time. I think you're right. No, no, no. No, you had the other one. Oh. Um, yeah, I so did. It's the Boxers bourbon. Oh, punch. No. Um, punchers. No, 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 no. It's his name. It's his, his real name. The Boxer had another name. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Cassius Clay. Cassius Clay, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I mean, that's how I kind of, I mean, I don't know how else you can do it. I mean, cigars are good. We talk right every week about cigars and good bourbon, but then there just comes along one that's really memorable. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the only justification for as much as we do and smoke and drink that that's the big, the big, uh, exclamation mark right there. It's like, Hey, this is memorable. And that cigar, what cigar did we have? It's pissing me off right now. I can't. With what? 
that we had with the double oak. Uh, uh, the Viaje Oro and Platino. You smoked the Platino, I smoked the Oro. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah. Mm, yeah. And, and then Pac-5 and the, the Partigas. Oh, those, yeah. Number two. But they're all number twos. Yeah. yeah. Those were fucking something else. Anyway. That. I got you one. Didn't I give you one? I'll take you. Want to go back from the Caymans? I'll take you. Oh, I have one for you. Okay. Um, so I want to ask a question. This was kind of sitting on me, and this kind of stems from a little bit of our Instagram activity um, and the Patreon and stuff. Uh, when <laughs> we, all three of us, in a professional sense and even just as casual smokers, just as cigar enthusiasts and snobs, right? People ask us all the freaking time, is this cigar good, right? They've got something in their hand. Is this one good? Right, is this one good? Yeah. How do you respond? Well, I probably tell them, I said, you know, if somebody asked me that, and they have, obviously, I said, well, listen, let me just first tell you that there is a lot of good cigars in that humidor. I would have to really know something about you and kind of what you like. If you smoke cigars, you should have at least some idea of what you like in a cigar. Now, are you buying that cigar for somebody or is the cigar for you? If you're buying that cigar for somebody, then obviously that opens up the door. Like, listen, there's a bunch of them here, but this one, this particular cigar seems to be hot. There's a lot of people buying it. And I would, I would show him something like that, but he would have to tell me a little bit about, and normally they're going to say, well, I'm kind of a mild guy or whatever. Well, then, then that brings it down, but that's kind of how I, I would do it. And it's the thing, same thing with bourbon. I've been looking at bourbon in stores and some guy will come up to me and go, hey, listen, you look like you maybe know bourbon. I'm like, well, I don't so know So in English, read, that means I don't you know how look you like read a that. Job. So uh, do you like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said, well, I got to buy, I got to buy my dad a bottle of bourbon for Father's Day or whatever. What do you think? And if there's a bottle of Blanton's there, I'm like, well, back in the day when, right, there was Blanton's on the shelf. This is a great presentation. It's in a box. You get a bag. The bottle's beautiful. He'll he'll be head over heels for this, and that's just kind of how I, you know, in a nutshell. No, I that's a that's a very, I yeah, I'm, I'm that's a solid answer. That's a solid answer. I, I I think that's that's more like shop etiquette answer. I didn't expect that, but that, that was pretty solid. Huh. That was awesome. Yeah, like like you. That's like that's standard shop etiquette. Well, listen, yeah. I've been around you long enough, and I've been in the local stores and lit and you know what we do to know that you know you want to layer some questions you know you want to find out what kind of where he is in his smoking and what he's had and what he liked what he didn't like and then and then showing something 100 so i want you to answer next but i okay. want to make a point one of the things i love about our podcast is just in that conversation from point a before we get to see i've already got my next question and this one will be a lot of fun particularly for you and particularly for you okay Okay, because, well, when we get to it, but how about answer that? Someone goes, is this cigar good? So I think more, you rare, I think we rarely get that because we are very hands-on in getting into the humidor with people. I think the more common question that I get is, what do you like to smoke? What, what's your favorite smoke? That with is fucking this one right here. For someone who <laughs> smokes eight, nine, 10 cigars a week, and it's not ever going to be the same unless it's this one. Um, it's the worst question you could be asked because 
how do you feel that day? What have you eaten? What are you planning on drinking, right? So it, like I said, it's getting to know that customer for what they truly want out of that cigar. Are you, are you new to smoking? Do you, have you smoked forever, but you're more of a, oh, my grandpa's cigar. I just want something super easy. Do you want something that's gonna knock your socks off and you're gonna sit there for a little while questioning life, you know? Something like that. So for me, for me, it's just trying to ask all the questions, all the right questions without being annoying uh, to, to get to the bottom of that. Cause I know when I walk in somewhere, I never present myself. I, I present myself like I know what I'm talking about, but I always like to hear what other people have to say to me. I always like picking the person who runs that humanoid's brain to see what they like, to, to see what's hot for them. So there's no wrong or right way to go about that question. You know, is this cigar good? But it is the most difficult. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, but both of you, I think, answered the question with every facet you could. In that, we've joked, people have asked you the same thing. So what's your favorite bourbon, right? Mm -hmm. And you go, shit, man. Uh, oh, this was good today. You know, like you can, you have a favorite, like Heaven Hill is your favorite rollout, right? That's cool. But is there a favorite Heaven Hill? Maybe if we had a tag one at six year white label, maybe. Yes. If you have the tag one, it's, it's fucking mine. Yeah, yeah, because I Yeah, I guess I'm like, yeah, because the old Fitz line, listen, that's next level, right? I mean, you're, uh, you're not going to talk to anybody casually about old Fitz and that line. So you want to talk to them about a wide variety of what I would call their their um, their standards of what they're yeah. putting out regularly that you can get your hands on. And in that, you know, even that's kind of hard now with some of these oh, exactly. uh, bourbon guys because like, Okay, so that white label was sitting around on $15 on the shelf, and then now they bumped it up a year to the seven, the Heaven Hill seven year, beautiful bottle, gorgeous. We're like, great, Are, is that gonna be a mainstay? Is that gonna be readily available? No, it's really hard. That's why I've always liked the story of the bibs, the bottle and bonds. They're readily available. You know, you get into a good bottle of bourbon for 20 bucks or 25, most, 30, but I, I I can go find some great stuff in the bib market, and I think that's a good well, for anybody to start. That's how I would do some of that with guys, because like we've all talked about, it ain't like the olden days where there was only so many products available and there's only so much good bourbon, but now, man, there's so many good bourbons. There's so many great cigars to talk about now. It's just getting to know that particular person and, and what we could possibly recommend for them. 100%. And even to your point, like with, and I, I actually, this is something I've actually kind of started trying to tote into, like especially on the professional side as we start having more bibs showing up at the lounge. When people are getting into bourbon, I have started finding a bottle and bond 100 proof. It, it, that has become even keel, right? That, that I think that's your baseline, mm. right? Because depending on whose mash it is, it'd be a little sweeter or to be a little more oakier, right? That's just where you're going, right? Yeah. Even even bottle them on rise, we've started getting some of those, right? They're not entirely spicy like a like a hundred and ten rye, but they're spicy and then the sweetness of the you know I mean, it's just fun. Yeah. So you get both worlds in that. You get um, a newbie on bourbon, and he's like, man, I'm just kind of getting into the bourbon. What would you recommend? My go-to is Eagle Rare. Okay, so oh, yeah. Eagle Rare, yeah. I believe that's kind of a step up, but I would suggest, like, listen, Woodford, just your 
your standard Woodford is smooth. It's a kind of a good start, you know? And then if you like Woodford, then I got some notes for you. You can move, I mean, from Woodford to Eagle Rare. I oh. mean, just some of those. Speaking of Woodford, our barrel pit came in yesterday. Right. Yeah. It did. And that shit is tasty. <laughs> Very tasty. Yeah. It's your Let's Barrel Let's Pit, pit. Double Oak. So it is not double oaked. Oh, okay. Uh, it's so, the, yeah, you do it. Yeah. So the way, you know how Woodford does their barrel picks? First of all, why don't we have one of those with us today? Okay, so I talked about it. I thought I felt I thought I'd feel so weird bringing another lounges barrel yeah. pick into another. That's true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And I didn't well, realize kind of I didn't. This is a private. I didn't thing, realize I this was an no, 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 no. Yeah. 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 No, I hear you. I expected well, we were going to go. I thought we were going to go past the bathrooms down the hall, dude. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought we were going into Stanley's, going past the bathrooms down the hall. I don't know the fuck we were going. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Barry. Oh man. Get on in there, man. We got a cigar for you to light up, um, and you're here just in time for the best. Well, what I think is going to be the mucho pairing for this bad boy. All right, all right, man. Welcome to the podcast. Timing is my specialty. Thank you. Yeah, pleasure to be here. Awesome. So go ahead and cut that and light that up. We got cutters and lighters all over the place. That is the new Mil Dios. Uh, the Maranitos, the 2022 LE that's got the Maduro wrapper on it with all the Mil Dios binder and filler inside still. All right. And uh, just and this, coming from ju- me. Just so you know, Barry, this just came out. This week. It's hitting shops this week. Yeah. So I, I'd imagine it'll be across the street by Friday. Very soon. No doubt. If it's not there already. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when, you, when you're introducing people to things like that, you have to be careful. And then to the point I said about, hey, is this cigar good? You guys clean that up a lot. There's a, a little old rumor that I really want to address that hopefully people listen to this will share it around and everything. Everyone, we need to get over wrapper shade, okay? Uh, there, I feel like so many smokers are missing out on quality tobaccos that they'll enjoy because there's still that 90, early 2000s adage that the darker the wrapper, the stronger the cigar, right? We need to eat that because if you just come see me on a Monday morning, I'll put you to bed till Wednesday mm-hmm. on the lightest damn cigar you've ever held in your hand. Okay? It can happen. You can do it. Cyclops is a perfect example. Yeah, that's, that's very fair. That's 100% yeah. true. Solid. Right. 100%. Then, then you want to go Connecticut side? Yeah. My father, Connecticut. It's still Pepina. Yeah. That yeah. man still Pepin loves. doesn't know how to do my nothing. Yeah. He ain't no shit. Yeah. Yeah, give him give him something, and then we'll we'll do the other one. Um, but I want that to go away, and I want everyone to start doing that. I mean, I know I know it's a, it's a sales gig, right? You don't want to run away when someone wants something, but get them get them a little excited, man. I mean, there are so many uh, like one of the sneakiest proponents on the market that you know I'm a huge fan of is the Tatuaje Monopoly Negotiant. Okay. Ecuador, Connecticut wrapper on top of two Lajeros and a, and a double single binder, right? It's Pepin. Right. It is one of the most trippy cigars in the world because you smoke it, it's creamy, it's nice, it's light. And then I got a pee, you stand up, whoa. Whoa, whoa, you're trying to poison? That's my favorite. You're trying to poison me? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You know, but I, I want that I want that to go go away a little bit. You know, and when Hodgson, you and I had met years ago, that's one of the conversations we had. 
Like you only like the dark because you, you were full strength, full body Just smoker. A full, yeah, yeah, full strength guy. Love and the spicy cigars. I want to say it was the LFD Colorado Claro that I gave you. That six fifty had the bland LFD on it. Mm. Nice, almost almost cream yellow wrapper on it. And you were like, oh, this is going to be super light, and then you smoked it. It's still part of the DL series. It's got a fucking Claro wrapper. <laughs> so it's still a double Ajero cigar, right? That's not going away. That combustion, that heat, that it's strength. It's just the United there. States thing, though. Huh? I was talking to somebody who said in Europe, it's not like that. And it, it, what he was telling me was they almost dumbed it down for the Americans. That the darker the wrapper, the stronger the cigar. I could, I could believe that. And when you're I, in well, Europe or I can in, in other that. parts of the country, you know, Cuba and whatever else. Oh, yeah. The lighter wrapper doesn't necessarily mean. Well, I, I could totally believe that, and I don't mean this in any because I'm I'm a. And he wasn't being like yeah he no. wasn't being crazy. He was like, that's only in this country, do people go darker wrapper, stronger yeah. cigar. And that would make that actually makes yeah. that actually never heard that there's, way. There's that actually so many makes more sense. Casual smokers, than there is actually that that novice. The right. Well, yeah, and when, and when you hit the European market, the German market, few exceptions here and there, right? But. Davidoff Geneva stores really kind of run that entire area, right? Right. So all the Cubans that come through, people, like local residents there, when they visit these shops, they're so quickly educated on the product because it's the same product they've been smoking for 20 years. Right. None of it changed. Occasionally a new size will come or a different variant will come, but it's the same product over and over. I think one of the beautiful things that can also be messy, like you said, just in the States, the availability of constant new product yeah. over and over and over. Like our joke on Mil Diaz, right? A thousand sizes for a thousand days, yeah. right? That's great. But the same thing, you know, you some people will probably pull away from trying the new one because like, well, I've smoked the other four LEs and I've got a box of each other five sizes. Yeah. Do I really need another one? Yep. You know, I yeah, didn't you think do. about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> you do. Because that's the most fun thing with this Mil Diaz. Yes, it's kind of gotten blown up. Mm -hmm. it, fair enough, it's fantastic and ever since you smoke it, but you can go from the, you know, that Mundo, the, the base that Mundo, then you had the Mareva right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that thing was sweet as can be, you nutty. Man. It's the same thing Escogitos. with bourbons too. It's the same, just because yeah. you had like the whole Weller line. Well, you know, that year I really didn't like Antique. Okay, so you're not done with antique, yeah, right? Dude, that comes out it's every a different year. Do you know? So get back in there because Wellers, all their, yeah. The, new, so, the yeah, newest thing. Keep the, the newest thing that, that, yes, I take a little part in, but it's become a little annoying in bourbon is uh, a lot, like Heaven Hill is, is dialed in for it, and the antique line is dialed in for it. They're putting lot numbers on their bottles. Yep. And so some people are getting the bottles early and they're getting lot A, right? That shit's great. Well, we get lot C, and it's two points lower in proof. They're like, oh my God, that lot C is so much better. I'm like, well, can you bring the A and we can like- Try it out. Try this, because I'll trade you this. It's, it's good, yep. but it's creating a whole nother dimension of collecting, and I think it's a sales tactic, I really do. Like when you put bottle number, one or X of number, that's a sales tactic, like, totally. Like one of, the, one of the funnest sales tactics we've seen is Ax and Oak. Right on the back of the bottle, during the bottling of that barrel, they write the band they're listening to, and it got yeah, me. Yeah, I've yeah. got Billy Joel, Elton John, and I have 311. 
Yeah. I've got all three of those bottles. That's they all totally taste the same. Cool. Right. It's all the same goddamn whiskey, <laughs> but each one's got a different band on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Well, let's bring, uh, let's bring Barry on. And bring Barry in. Yeah, let me just say something for Barry. I've known Barry now a couple years, and I'm not going to name the venue, but I met you at another venue. We were going to do something with uh, with Rocky Vitell mm-hmm. and his bold release niche, and that got canceled, and, and then you came to Stanley's, and now, you know, I know you run in our circles and whatever, so... Um, thank you so much for inviting us down here. I don't really want to say what this venue is because I want to let you describe <laughs> and tell kind of all about what's going on here with you managing this and doing this. And um, so just kind of introduce yourself and tell uh, what you've got going on because we're in kind of like a private smoking lounge across the street from Stanley's. And uh, again, thank you so much for letting us come down and do this. So go ahead and tell us kind of what wow, you got going it's, on. It's my pleasure. I appreciate yeah, it. Right and, uh, thanks for give me a little time, but it's uh, you know we just uh, I just opened up these uh, basically three event spaces. Um, and just just really getting things rolling in the month of April. I did a couple of Christmas parties back in December, but but uh, you know I've ended up having eight events this month, um, and uh, you know. We just rehabbed this building. Uh, it's been empty for 60 years. It was the old Dorset Dress Company, and um, so I have a front space that I that I call Modiste on Washington, and Modiste is French for dressmaker. So I'm trying to you know just trying to stay in the whole dress dressmaking theme. And then we got the Dorset Room because you know the building was it was the old Dorset Dress Company. Gotcha. And the Dorset Room is a really cool venue. I you know it's their private events, and then I do uh, I do music events as well and it's this three-tier little speakeasy kind of vibe and um, with the stage at the bottom and it's you know all concrete and tile and it was actually back in the days when it was this place was first open that was the runway it was the days before the runway and the models would put on the dresses that the company has made go down that curved concrete stairwell across the floor up onto the stage the buyers would be sitting down in the so that was the that was the actual runway and then um, we're working on, on doing this little space back here as a kind of an addition, and and uh, hopefully get uh, you know get the okay to just have cigars back here and move forward. So it's, right it's been haven't done a lot of promoting yet. Still working on the website. Once I get the website done, I'm gonna be, I'll go full full force on on promoting and trying looking at some wedding receptions and stuff like that. But. Primarily just doing everything on Instagram and social media and, and Facebook and Instagram and everybody that I, um, you know, I got a lot of, so lot of events they, booked from Stanley's. Yeah, how, how can they get Stanley's. onto your Facebook page? How can they find Facebook, out about what? Facebook page is just Barry Strange, B-A-R-R-Y-S-T-R-A-N-G-E, and then the Instagram site is Strange Barry. So. Yeah, we've seen. You've seen. I've, uh, we've been yeah. liking everything. I got back and forth with you guys. Crazy, we were doing that stuff. Crazy, yeah. uh, like fun events going on out here. So what? What does it take to set something up? So say like we just wanted to be in here. You know what is what is uh, cost hour like things like that. Well, or are we not at that point yet? Currently, I have packets together with with set pricing for weddings, wedding receptions. Okay. Um, and until I really get things going, I'm just, I, what I do is I sit down and, and I just talk to whoever it is, say, hey, you, you want to bring in your own food? You want me to supply the food? If, if I supply the food, or if you bring in your own food, the event space, the price goes up a little bit. You know, I'll cut you a price, I'll cut you a break on the event 
the event fee, so to speak, if uh, if, if, if I do the food. Um, I've had, I got one guy that just says, I'll just do a $2,000 bar minimum. I'm like, and there is no event fee, you know? Right. So it basically, I just sit down with whoever wants to do the event, ask what they plan on doing, and then I price it accordingly. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but I'm just getting no, going. No, I, I, I think, I think, I think know? that's, that's not weird, that's, that's awesome. It's but unusual it to some people. Yeah. Some people, now the guy that, that, he's kind of a promoter, the guy that threw out the, well, what if I just do a $2,000 bar minimum, bar, uh, guaranteed. Whatever, whatever I spend, I pay you 2000 I said, well then, we can waive the event. I mean, you know, I says, I'm not looking at, I don't need the, the P&L to say event fee and bar and food. I just need right. whatever whatever works, whatever makes it easier for, for the client and whatever works for me, that's what I'm doing right now. But like I said, it's just cool. getting started and but it's been a great month. Like I said, I got... Uh, You've been busy. I've got it's been crazy. You got another great event. Another great night. Yeah. Got a music (laughs) event tonight. I got three local bands playing. Uh, Barry Sullivan Blues Band and Mean Radius and a couple, a couple of the bands are brand new and they're trying to get some exposure. And uh, I think Mean Radius has been around for a while, so it's a blues, one blues band, one rock band, and one kind of. So with the three bands playing, how do you bring patrons for that? Is it a ticketed event? I did a ticketed event. Um, this particular event, these guys, a couple of these bands have a pretty good following. Okay. And they play together a lot. Um, and they didn't, they're not really Eventbrite type people because they just, they pay at the door. So I right. I do an Eventbrite, usually for the events, and then I pay at the door. Saturday I did a, a DJ event, a themed event, which we're going to try to do on a regular basis. It was called Havana Nights. So we, uh, most people, we had uh, people dressed in Cuban attire. And, I had uh, had a little bit of Cuban food for him, and we had uh, you know Monaco, the liquor in the can sponsored the event. Everybody got a free can of Monaco, and they got a little Cuban sandwich and a slider version. And, nice. Um, had a cigar roller up front, and uh, and played Latin music all night. That's that was awesome. A, so for that one, I sold we sold sixty tickets ahead of oh. time. And then we had about twelve people walk in. So you know we had about it just it depends on the event whether people are, you know, Eventbrite charges a two or three dollar fee, so I think this band, the, the people that follow these bands tonight, they're aware of that, and they're, they don't ever do Eventbrite, they just gotcha. do a lot of word of mouth, and so uh, I just sit there at the door and collect money when people walk in tonight. That's person. awesome, yeah. that's awesome. Cool. And you have staff that works mm-hmm. with you here? Yeah. You know, we got a full bar, and I have, you know, at least one cocktail server, depending on the event. We got a pop-up event, private event on Saturday for, uh, couple that's about ready to open a restaurant you know it's a really cool deal they've been doing pop-up events for the last year different types of, of food different cultures is this and then uh, they uh you know yeah this is um well i won't do it here yeah yeah yeah. i didn't know okay. if they, I, I don't know what they want me to know but their restaurant's yeah, gonna yeah. open it sometime in may sweet over in the central west end in uh called nexus yeah it's a nexus of the cultural <laughs> foods so i think we'll say that much but it's been really cool. I'm very impressed with what they've been doing. They've been doing these pop-up events, mostly in their home. You know, 10, 15, 20 people. Yeah, probably small tables. And, the small yeah. tables, and they're doing the, they, they get everybody's feedback on the food, and that's how they, they're putting together their menu for the restaurant. Nice. Which is genius, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it's awesome. But this is gonna be one last big event. Um, you know, invitation only for them, but it's gonna be about 100 people. So I'm gonna close out April with that event, and. Well, you got the room. You know, yeah, and he, you know, these guys are great. They come to Cigar, they come to Stanley's a lot. So, shit, I'd say 85, 90% of my business has been 
either somebody from Stanley's or somebody referred from Stanley's. Yeah. So it's uh, I haven't gotten very much off the street yet, although I did one 50th birthday party. I put three pictures on social media. I had four meetings the next week. I booked, I booked three parties off of that That's three awesome. picture that I posted on Instagram. It's just the social media, you know. That's awesome. Maybe not so much for you know the younger guy, but some of us older guys. It's amazing how that works. Oh, it's it's, <laughs> it's infatuating. Um, so the space is great. Um, I, I think this is going to be fantastic. We'll have something I'm going. Man. This is amazing, say, man. Like to describe this place as like swanky. That's kind of my my thing or bougie, whatever. But I didn't expect the drop well, to the stage. That's that's people. That's people get blown away. They come in the front room. You know, because I always walk up through that front door first. What did I say? They and walk they, in, it's like, oh, yeah. They come in, they're like, ah, oh, this is cool, you know. They got the exposed brick, and all oh, you, you painted that mural, you know what I did? The mural, the little Florida and the St. Louis mm-hmm. skyline, again, the whole French St. Louis thing. And then you walk through, and you get the restrooms, which I kind of like the way it, you know. That's cool. Separates the, the event spaces. I've had a couple people think it's kind of weird, but I, I kind of like it. And, uh, Just because you don't pee together doesn't mean you can't wash your hands. Yeah, it's all, that's all it is. Man, it's all good. But uh, and then you can call everyone out for don't wash your hands, right? Because you literally walk then, right back. There's no hiding in here. <laughs> but then you walk through that door, you get into that backspace, the dorsal room, and everybody's mouth drops, and they're like, "Oh shit!" That was. I sent that picture that to my wife. Everybody, like, where are you at? I'm almost like, everybody has the same reaction. They love. They like the front space, and then they get to the back of that room. And then this place, this this little space is really cool. And I'm, it's uh, super unique. It kind of reminds me, like, I was with uh, Castley when he started City Museum, and I was there from the ground floor up, and all the interesting uh, architecture and stuff. Of course, he was a demolition guy, so he picks up all this great stuff. And if you've ever been to the City Museum, it's just absolutely mind-blowing how cool that place is. And I kind of feel like this is like that as well. It's got a lot of unique architecture and whatever. And then this back room is amazing. Um, anyway, uh, again, I appreciate you letting us come down here and do this and hang out and uh, try out the new space and love it. I, yeah. I can't wait to do some things down here. I think it'd be yeah, great Barry, this is amazing. A craft right. and puro gig down here sometime in the future would be fantastic. So let's jump back to the cigars and I want to set this pairing up. Okay, so let's go ahead and pour this, uh, the Bourbon and Blondes. Are you familiar with them? I am not. Okay, so Abby and Elena, they're a local podcast. They are, it's two two young blonde girls. They are very uh, achieved, very well put together, set up, um, and they are very big bourbon junkies. So they, they have a little podcast going on where they talk about bourbon each episode, and then the other half is a word of the day, and they get into ambiance and you know lifting you and this and that and it's really good so they did this barrel pick from makers mark uh late last or early last year they picked it up the beginning of this year and uh the entire barrel was um donation so all of the or a fundraiser so all the proceeds from the barrel went to run for women which is a women's center that helps uh women finish further education job placement things like that you know, job advancement sure. and all of that. It is one of the most unique private selects in Maker's Mark I've ever seen because when you look at the bottle, you see that there are five staves you can collect from. This is the only private select I've ever seen where only three staves were chosen, uh-huh. right? And you can see it shows the amount of staves. You have 10 staves in a barrel. Uh-huh. So that's your count. I'm sorry, it's on my hand, I had to lick it. 
and it is super unique. So in this cigar, there is a very prominent spice and chocolate flavor that resonates in this cigar, okay? Some other stuff going on. The reason this bottle immediately came to mind is when we had it on with the girls when we were doing the podcast, the most unique four taste I thought we pulled out of it was the chocolate, right? And that's got something to do with that French, I couldn't say the word right, the uh, Mondiant barrel. Yeah, what she, how she, what she say it was? Or was it Mondiant? I was calling it Mindiant. I don't know, I was saying something. She kept right. making fun of me. When I was Normally, saying, your pronunciation is, is pretty good. Can't speak French, bro. Yeah. <laughs> So let's go ahead and get our cheers Sorry, on that. Bro. Barry, again, cheers. thank you so thank much, you guys. man. Appreciate it. So, yeah, let's take a sip, then we'll pair them together, and let's see if this just does what I hope it does. So the nose on it. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Chocolate, a little spice. Finishes like a truffle. And when we drank that, it was really funny because that was one of those days where we started the podcast. It was, you know, 58 degrees, got the fire going, yeah. two mile an hour winds. By the time the girls got on, it was 30 mile an hour winds, <laughs> 48 degrees outside. <laughs> Just fun. But yeah, this is this is the pairing that in my mind I really thought. And then you brought that double barrel to the table. That, speaking of Davies County, that, so Davies County was good, right? Yeah. Like we'd had the straight bourbon, the French oak finish, and the Cabernet Sauvignon barrel finish, which was fun, was good, you know. And then I, I want to say it was Brad, or it was Todd. Todd go, have you had this double barrel? Oh, yeah, yeah, And I was like, yep. what are you talking? And then we poured he, it. He brought up some bottles. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, you guys can have this one. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, okay, it I can was. do that. And, you know, it was funny. I heard Barry talking about it you know, when he brought it to us. And that bottle went probably in about five days because you and I were so just mind blown by it. So much to the point that Brad Roper, the barrel slate manager for Southern Glaciers, comes in, the bottle came in on a Monday, comes in on a Friday, looks at me and goes, what you been drinking lately? And don't say double barrel. Man, how the hell do you know? I mean, it's like, I was torn up on that, that podcast that week. Yeah. I was like, dude, we have to have this. Yeah. And we still hey haven't had on the podcast. Hey guys, how are you? You know, so that it's really unique. And what I was able to do with that is double barrel, like double barrel. We had Peerless. Obviously, that's higher proof, much richer. I really, really thought about that bottle today, but I'm so mean when I pour it. Like yeah. we're not drinking a lot of it because yeah, well, it's so it's, sweet. It's gone. No, there is no more. And we drank half the fucking bottle. It was my fault. I was like, oh, we'll have a little more. Are you talking about the Peerless Double Oak? Yeah. Or not Double Oak, Double Barrel. Double Oak. Is it Double Oak? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Apparently, I was just with Cass the other night. That's where I was Saturday night. Um, And he just missed getting another bottle or two of that down there. So and fearless, yeah. Oh, well, so, maybe Corky is doing it all together now. He yeah. is doing more of them. Oh, so and, and I have to shout out. I have to shout out to Brad Rober. I, I did mean to tell him this the other night. I have to thank him for that. He did. So when we were going down to Louisville, I had asked Brian and Andrew and Dan. I was like, hey, you know, you guys are down there doing picks and stuff. Like, can you set me up? Like, can we get like a cool? You know, like I've never been down. Let's yeah. do it. And did Peerless. And I even joked because for his anniversary three years ago, I got a nice bottle of wine for J9 and I got him this 
barrel pick bottle from Total Wine of Peerless and three years old. It was a rye. And I, I remember him, like I was trying to remember why I knew the name Peerless. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I buy it, we're in the truck, we're all the way to his house, and I went, oh shit. I told you I don't really care for Peerless. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. I got on the ball I doesn't like. Yeah. <laughs> And we brought it, we poured it, it was great. It was right? it, it was fantastic. The bottle is absolutely you probably still have that, are amazing. Yeah. You still have that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about uh, half gone, but I mean it takes it us was like three years good. to kill a fucking bottle, I forget. And oh, the bottle so stuff. Oh my god. I mean that bottle is right up there with I I've always felt like High West went heads and above on their bottles. I mean, I just finished a bottle of uh, vodka from High West and that beautiful and blue. that rainbow blue yeah, bottle. It's like yeah. a cloudy uh, blue bottle. It's fantastic. Uh, Cass is going to make a candle out of it. Anyway, that Peerless bottle just stands alone. Anybody who sees that bottle knows it's Peerless. If so, you're in the bourbon thing, you know oh, that. Oh, 100%. Bottle. 100%. And I can't wait for someone to try and do the same one and be like, ah, bitch, no. But uh, so Brad set that up and we get there. You know, our, our tour is at noon. And we get there, and like, there's this massive ass tour finishing in the tasting room, like 20 some people. And there's the three of us, another couple walks in that knows, I think her name was April, that is like the tour manager there, knew her. And then it was like her sister, and then the daughter of Corky was there. And then her friend's uh, fiance and her. They roll in. This old gentleman takes us in. We start the tour. It's fucking Corky from Peerless. It's the is the owner of Peerless. So we go in and we get the whole history thing. We joke and have some laughs and all that. We get our first drink. You know, Glenn Karen's pouring it for us. We're drinking. Go in. You see the stills. You see the mash. You see the barreling section. We walk through the Rick House, and then you go up these stairs. And there's stairs down to the tasting room experience, and then corporate office. Oh, we go in this office. We're at this. Dude, this wooden table had to be the length of this room. And every chair you were sitting in was a, made of barrel staves and like eight inch thick leather padding. And we're sitting in these and they brought out these three single barrels with no names. And they were like, so we can take everyone downstairs if you'd like to try the rye, the straight bourbon and the blend, or we've got these three single barrels that we need to give them names. We sat there and drank through them. You know, we all rotate those down and the one bottle I have, that I gave Dave for the wedding, lemon bunk cake. Lemon bunk cake. I, I, I called. I said it was lemon bread. Lemon bread. So I kept saying the whole time we were drinking it. And the Corey's like, lemon? Huh? I'm like, lemon bread. Lemon bread. Lemon bread. Lemon bread. And then one girl at the end was like, oh, this is like a lemon bunk cake. And they tagged. I was like, I was close. I give a shit. I named it. So they literally, and then right there, they printed labels on them, and we were allowed to buy the bottle. And then that's what they put in the cages. Hey, you've been in Peerless, yeah. right? Oh, I've been, yes, I've okay. been in there. So you know when you go in the gift shop, they got the cages, and yeah. the cages where they put all their yeah. bottles? It was super cool, man. Like, And then after that, that's like, you know, I didn't plan anything. We didn't have reservations anywhere else. But like, we're going into all these. We went into Angel's Envy, and I got the bottle on the barrel head, and went to Old Forester, and I got the Statesman barrel head. Cool shit that I, I wanted. And like, you went to the tour, I'm like, Yeah, me too, but... You now, where I wanted to go was Fort Nelson, but Mictors was closed. And at that point in time, if you didn't have a vaccine card and a mask, they were not letting you inside. But you could not breach the door, but it was closed. Not open. And the Heritage House was closed, so you couldn't go there. 
So I did check with Paul Cass on the name, and he's with you, Mickers. Mitchners, whatever. Mitchners, right? Right, that's what he said. He said Mitchners. Mitchners. Okay, now. No, but he's done it. No, but he's done it. There's been bottles where I'm just ripping off. Yeah. And he goes, he goes, why are you saying that? I'm like, Mickners. I don't like, follow in the letters. I'm like, like is uh, the, the H other one silent or whatever? The other one was on High West. Pronounce it just like you. On High West, I call it Borai. It's Burai. Burai. Or Balrai. Balrai. It's, it's French. It's Balrai. I might have said yeah. Bure. Bure, yeah. But it's I kept I saying Borai, but I went I went to on High West, you can go down and I don't know who it is, but one of their distillers, it, they have a fun it's a namesake joke thing. They're like campfire. Well it's Camp like fire. It's, it's like somebody <laughs> says, Hey, I'm going to New Orleans and I always say I'm going to New Orleans. Well that's my joke. Do you know how you've been to New Orleans? You I say still say New Orleans. Oh. If somebody, when I say New Orleans, they go, I know you've been in New Orleans a lot because that's the right pronunciation. Same thing with Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. It's Louisville. Louisville. I, right. I say Louisville all the time. It's Louisville now. So you've been to Louisville? I'm like, yeah, I've never been to Louisville. Like, well, yeah, if people make fun of you for saying Louisville, but it is, that's that's how they say it. Well, dude, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. You're down there. You get fucking gas. Pump gas. And ask three people where you're at. You're in Louisville. Louisville. Right? Like, that's my first time in Louisville. They'll go, Louisville. Like, they'll correct you. you. Like, you're wrong. Is. I'm looking for Louisville. Yeah. So back to the cigar. Mm -hmm. You had a question earlier that you never said, but I'm really intrigued on one of this. It was an industry question. After you asked us, you know, if someone brings you a cigar and says, is this good? You had one that popped into your mind. I want to see if you remember. We were talking the cigars. Yep. Oh, yes. Another thing that I wanted to ask, and I wanted to know if anyone has seen this change, okay? I think we do a very good job with the body versus strength ideology, okay? I did bring up shade wrapper, right? Don't let lighter think it's less, bolder think it's more, or darker think it's more, I'm sorry. Have you noticed, in, whether you're in a lounge, or at an event, you're smoking by yourself, you're spending time with friends, your wherever, right? Just life. Have you noticed that the attraction to cigar smoking has become more popular? Oh, hell yeah. Now, I'll, I'll, give, I'll tell you why I'm asking that, okay? A lot of these published reviewers are going on and on and trying to discuss how the cigar industry is headed back into a decline and that less and less people are smoking and their, their basis on that is because of, they, they try to fluctuate with the FDA, but they talk about how cigar smokers are getting younger, younger people are more rude with their smoking, okay? Wow. Right, so that's the preference. Now think about that when I'm asking. Did you say getting rude with their Rude, right, so think about, okay, so everybody knows that, that asshole. When you're outside, you're on a patio, there's a bunch of space everywhere and they come stand right here and light a cigarette, right? Right, you're not, and I'm not saying, even if, if you're at, if, if I'm smoking a cigar, I, I don't give a shit, right? Okay, man, cool, you wanna talk, fine. But I'm talking like you're at an outside patio where smoking is allowed, majority of seating is here, you could easily walk over there and smoke, but you come right here and smoke. That's rude with your smoking, Oh, right? That's what I mean by that, you know? And what's your experience with that? Do you want me to go? Well, I'm just telling you my experience with that, and it's unbelievable because 
if I'm outdoor, for sure I'm gonna light up a, a, a guard. So anyway, I find, and almost more than men, women come up to me and say, hey, I love the smell of your cigar. Mm -hmm. And I think for them, it's like, they can remember their fathers or their grandfathers smoking cigars back in the day. And that represents a really uh, enjoyable experience and smell. Yeah. Janine's uh, grandfather and her father both smoked cigars and pipes. And even today, you know, when Janine, I will be in our basement, and, and I don't smoke in my basement, but she'll say, I'm, I'm smelling my dad's vanilla. And you always get vanilla really a lot with pipes. They had a really specific vanilla um, pipe tobacco that they smoked. And I get a lot, very, maybe one out of 20 say that cigar smells bother me, but most of the time they're very complimentary of the smell and it reminds them something that they've smelled before and they really love the smell. Well, it's, so it's, I've had positive experiences. It's with crazy that. with women though. You can sit there and smoke a cigar and you might not be able to smell it, the guys around you might not be able to smell it, but if they're not used to that cigar smoke, they will tell you immediately if that cigar is extremely potent, if it does not smell good, or if it smells great. Like they, they pick it out of me. I am in a cigar lounge every single day yeah. for hours at a time. So I am so blind to it. So I can't even, I can, I can smell the tobacco. I, I can't smell the differences, but they pick out so quickly yeah. whether that cigar smells good. Right, I agree with you 100%. And I can tell you this, which is weird, is of course I'm older than you. You're just getting into bars because you just turned 21. <laughs> But through my experience, like, right, when you could go to any bar back in the day and smoke cigars, cigarettes, but, and I was oblivious to it until the cig uh, cigarette and all smoking is banned, especially cigarettes. Now, I go back into a bar where they still do allow cigarettes, and it's appalling. Oh, it's it's hell. You know the most interesting thing about I that? Never, I remember when that... Man, it went in place. There were so many. I'm not even talking like mom and pop restaurants or bars. Big chain restaurants were fighting it so hard because they thought their bar business would die. You know, two things you can correlate with the rise in bourbon drinking and high class wine in the United States within a fiscal year of the smoking mandate being put in place where you can no longer smoke inside a bar, inside a restaurant. The boom. Because then people, it wasn't just people. Like, I still remember going to eat, like in high school, taking girls on dates. And you wanted to sit, you wanted to sit up in the booth at the bar, right? That you yeah. wanted to be up there. You sit there an hour and a half having dinner, you come home and you smell like your friend's mom that smoked for 50 years. Right. You know, that went away. Even now, you see more bar activity now rotation of bar activity, people coming and going and trying new things than you did when the guy sat there with a pack of cigarettes and just chain smoke through his bush lights. The other cool thing that I think has happened in a positive way now is because of COVID, everybody has to have an outdoor bar or area to smoke. Um, and I noticed not so much uh, cigarettes, but it's opened the outdoor possibility of, of, of smoking 
which has made everything so much more open and better as well. So it, at the time it seemed horrible, but I think it's been a big positive change for the restaurant and bar industry to be able to be outside and do your drinking and smoking and whatever. Yeah, I think it's done done much better. That's that's also a topic I want to get back on here sure. with you guys some other day and talk about this. I don't know if you've already done it. Outside versus inside. Smoking. We can do it now. We got 20 minutes and then we're killing the podcast. So. Oh, I feel like this is a long conversation. Well, let's have fun. I got data. Let's. All right. I'll, well, I'll start. Yeah. Guys, smoking on the beach looks sexy. It sucks. It's the most annoying thing in the world. The worst. The worst. Okay, go ahead. See, I've had good days on the beach smoking cigars, but my days were perfect, right? You get lucky. Very low wind, you're out there. I mean, the beach can be brutal. Um, but we're, we're in St. Louis, so we're not going to be doing a lot of beach smoking. But okay, so let's talk. Yeah, even just sit, sitting on the patio lane. How does that change your experience okay. with that cigar? So you asked, I'll, I'll start, you go, and then you finish. So patios are utterly amazing. I fucking love being on a patio. If you've got the right weather, that perfect day, right? I'm talking 82 degrees, slight breeze. You're sitting outside, you're lighting a cigar. I feel like outside you can enjoy the cigar a little more. I, I do because you have the natural movement of the air, right? You don't have, and not especially with, with lit, right? You don't have stagnant air. Like right. it's, I'm not saying like it's musty or anything like that. But anytime you're inside of a lounge and in a contained space with other people smoking, if we're sitting, all three of us are sitting next to each other talking left and right, and our cigars are sitting off to the side, you're picking up. Whether you think so or not, if that smoke is moving your way, you're picking up the smell of different cigars. So if you're really trying to taste on something, it may alter it a little bit. But being outside, there's something about being outside with your fucking sunglasses on, you kicked back, your toes are out, you're just chilling, and you're having a cigar, it's free. It's, you're outside. But I do agree that where it gets weird is if it's cold, right? Or if it's hot, if it's extremely humid, being outside is horrible for the cigar. Goddamn awful. If it's if, if a thunderstorm had just come through and suddenly it's 85 degrees and it's sticky and moist outside but you're comfortable, if you've got a six inch cigar and you're about 45 minutes in, that cigar is going to expand. It's going to. Because the moisture in the air is attracted to the tobacco. That's where being inside is better. I, I do agree that. My issue is there are not a lot of places you can just sit, other than personal, that you can just go sit outside and have that perfect experience, right? You know, like your patio, your patio, my patio at home. We can sit down and it's hot. We can kick a fucking fan on. We're under the shade. We drop the temperature outside by 20 degrees, right? Or the pool. Or right? the aqua Get in the pool, right? I mean, or if you're yeah. at the fucking aqua farm. You're in the lake all day. Spring-fed lake, it's cold as shit. 100 degrees outside, you're fine. You're fine. There are instances where it's great. If you've got perfect scenario, perfect weather, I will smoke outside all the time forever, right? Primarily, I think you need to be indoors, and it's for safety of the cigar. 
and then if you want it to our bourbon. We've done it both ways. We've been in a garage in 20 degree weather. We were fine, the cigars were fine. I had a foot heater on the bottles trying to warm the fucking liquor up. Yep. Right? We've been, don't ask why, 110 degree day, 110 degree day in St. Louis. We hit a local bar, great whiskey selection. We decided to sit on a fucking patio with no shade and get a nice pour. It was just the most horrible whiskey drinking experience I've ever had. Sucked. It was god awful, right? I think outside comes down to scenario. Comes down to conditions. And I'll never smoke on a beach again. Just gonna throw that out there though, okay? Like it's well, the worst if you thing are, it's like Corum Brickas. I don't I don't smoke see this goes back to my golf cigar conversation. I don't smoke shit. Well right. I smoke good cigars, cigars that I like. I don't have when, a side I don't have a side of bullshit for bad scenarios. When we last golfed together, I remember exactly what we smoked. It was a Dishiana Special. It was something that's nine bucks, so we're not pissed if we set it down, but we're gonna enjoy it when we're smoking. Yeah. Yeah. We smoked some good shit last week. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much more to add to what you just said, but I can tell you this. When I think about podcasts, um, if you can be outside and the conditions are right, I mean, it just heightens everything that you're doing. For example, like when we did that impromptu Sugar Creek and we sat out there and looked over the whole river Perfect valley. conditions. And it was a beautiful day. The wind was like six, seven. The sun was beating on us. We're, it, everything, your endorphins are, are, everything is fantastic. You just cannot beat outside when it's right. There's just no doubt about it. And um, so, I mean, that for me, I mean, I think you hit all the, the main things. I mean, my beach smoking has, and I always say this, when I go to Florida, I'm very fortunate. I go to Florida a lot, I think. I've been very fortunate to have good weather every time I've gone there. The only time it was bad when they had the red tide, which seems so really weird, because you'll be out and you'll just start kind of coughing. There's just something going on there. That was one day out of so many, but man, the beach for me has been pretty good, but you know, it just depends, you know, where you're at and whatever, but it's all about the conditions, man. And I, how many of we had at the farm, which are so memorable? Well, we went through four weather changes. Yeah, one did you, did you ever day. listen to that vodka? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that day, we got sunshine, that we got rain. Oh my God, we got hail, hail hail's hail. coming in. And then, and it was Full 65 degrees and hail, bluebirds and then two minutes later, 88, Blue skies, birds, fucking bugs are back out. <laughs> it was fantastic. We were there, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I want to hear what you have to say about it. I'll but give my quick two cents. Oh, you said this was going to take long. <laughs> well, I'm trying to squeeze it in within within that two hours, right? Oh no, we don't. That's not the way. Okay. Yeah, we've got time because oh. now I have one more. That'll be fun. I enjoy it. It is nice to sit outside in the open air. Right, but I feel like with us being in the industry, we are usually trying something new half the time. There's something new that's always coming in. We want to try. Oh, I'm not saying if the first time you're lighting a cigar, if you want to hear this, if it's the first time you're so excited, I want you to lock yourself in a closet with no air ventilation and smoke the shit out of that thing. But and then go outside. But with this Mildias here. I cannot get myself to go outside and smoke this because 
I just feel like inside, everything is going to be trapped inside. A lot of times, you're, you're taking that cigar out of your mouth, all that air is pushing the smoke away. Half the time, that smoke is what is giving you that flavor at the last bit. So I can't get myself to bring a really, really, really good cigar, and I, I did it on Easter, and I almost regretted it, but it held its own. I, I can't get myself to smoke a cigar that I know is going to be fantastic outside because I don't want to take away from that. At any point? Like, at all? You've no. smoked on my patio, so... I have. Yeah. I have. And we didn't smoke shit. No, we didn't. But that was also the first time I was trying that, and I'm going to try that again. That's true. Right? Yeah. And we were already yeah, yeah. drinking heavily at that point. No, you weren't. No, I wasn't. Um... I don't think you overthink it too much. I mean, we've always talked about the right cigar for the right exact time and blah, blah, blah. Like if you're golfing, it's windy. I kind of pick my cigars quickly about what I'm going to do today and what I might face. But let's face it, I have probably, I always have probably five to ten cigars with me so I can always flip a cigar depending on the conditions. But I I realized my, my... not addiction, but my preparedness for cigars today. When I was packing my backpack from the last podcast, my three finger was still in there full of cigars. <laughs> I never took it out my backpack. I was like, "Oh shit!" All right, you know. And then in the truck, I got ten more in the truck. Just you know, they don't fit in my car, so they're not in there. But they're in there. You know, I I find I find that curious a little bit because like at all, just go outside and smoke. I just can't find myself fully enjoying that cigar as much as I do inside. Is it, but what if you know the cigar, right? So like, I know at any moment, this guy can light an Asylum Premium, Nicaraguan, either 660 or actually, I think he prefers the 5 by 54 now, lights that. I can throw up this, I can throw up an unholy cocktail, I can go sit outside and smoke 20 of them and I know what's going on. Right, but then that comes to me, it's like, I enjoy this so much outside, or inside. Yeah. To where I do not want to mess up, because we can't control nature. We can't control the weather. I don't want to alter my thought about this smoke with that one experience in outside. Like the Supreme by uh, by Ferio Tate. I smoked that for the first time outside. I was like, yeah, this is really good. You know, it's really solid. Got some spice to it. When I first smoked it inside, it took it to a whole nother level. I love this cigar. It is phenomenal. Address that question in there. Yeah. We're talking about smoking outside versus inside. I was very intrigued by that. That's something that I'm not, I don't, I smoke outside is always on the golf course. And I typically smoke different cigars out when I'm doing that. Because I I try to smoke a more mild cigar when I'm playing golf. Mm -hmm. So I don't. So I I smoke more mild cigars when I'm playing golf because I'm out in the heat. and, And I try to smoke more full body cigars when I'm inside. So I never really, so I don't smoke the same cigars inside that I do outside. At so all? I, like in, in any scenario? Almost very seldom. Holy shit, you got a banger, dude. That's a different You got a banger. Right so, Holy fuck. But that, that's why I was intrigued by that because I, so I have no, I have no way of knowing that because I smoke totally different cigars outside. Like the cigars I smoke when I play golf, I don't ever, I don't ever smoke when I'm inside. Maybe that's why. And the ones I smoke inside, so I don't smoke. Those, I don't smoke those when I'm playing golf. Hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that now. That's why. I that, suck I, so I, I, 
I'm smoking five sixty four. I'm smoking little hammers when I'm going. That's why I want. That's why I carry the ball straight. That's why my slice is. That's why I wake up in the morning and light a fucking fiftieth Maduro. My bad. Oh God, damn. That's why I was. That's why I was very interested. Yeah, that that's a really unique question. So let let let's let's blend that around. So. If, if you know, um, you know, you're, I'm sure you'd be taking the mirror to the wineries and stuff and things like that, right? So if you're planning that you're going to be outside, will you alter your selection? Absolutely. So you Absolutely. won't you won't just grab what you know you like to smoke? I, I will grab something. I'm fucked up. Mark or like totally I smoke out of that scenario. I'm, I'm no. totally I'm different smoking, outside versus I'm smoking great all the goddamn time. Well, see, I'm going to smoke. Don't give a shit. I'm going to smoke good. But last night, I was choosing between that number 92 that I got from Oliver that's been aged for five years mm-hmm. or that original release, CAO, Amazon, that I got from Rusty. Now, the difference between the two, one's going to be a little lighter and one's going to hold up no matter where you are. That, that Amazon held up. I mean, you could be in 20 yeah. degrees and it's 30 mile an hour winds. That thing's going to hold up. The and you're saying the tubo is lighter? It was an, It's a natural Ah. It's a natural. Oh my god. Now, Mark, the next time we go golfing together, we have to change. We have to go to Mild Cigars. Dude, I don't have to do anything but pay taxes and die, okay? I'm not doing shit on that. So, I'm just saying, I'm not not playing golf with Luciano. Because our shit's going to be in the woods all fucking day long before we're with Luciano. Because by the end of that day, our nicotine fit was so crazy. I was like, like, literally, I was like, He's got another one that. for us. And we were, I mean, we must have had 14 cigars in probably three hours there, with Luciano. It was crazy. Yeah, it was, in that that day, I will never forget. It's literally the picture on my Instagram. It is my profile picture. I tell you what, he did it, you know, I've been at Stanley's for two years, but I've been, you know, we've had. Barry, has it been that long, man? Since, yeah. Since the original. Uh, two years, man. We were going to meet up? Yeah. Oh, shit, man. Well, that was. We had it planned for the two days after the stinking That's right, shutdown. it was Friday, March 19th. Was March 18th. 18th. And everything shut down on the 16th. That's right, yeah, because yeah, yeah. God We were supposed damn. to have our St. Paddy's Day party yeah. on the 17th, yeah. the day before. Yeah. So were you here? We actually did the podcast with- He was here. Yeah, he was behind the bar. And, and that's so crazy because I came and met yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah, you guys did it at your venue, and then yeah, you we did the, the, the next thing I know. Booth. You heard that we redid booth, the yeah. whole thing, and we had Niche on our podcast over one of the booths, and that was when you were at Stanley. Well, I've been I, I've been hounding Pat for ten years to give me a job. I'm like, look, dude, I'm tired of all this shit. I just want to have some fun and bartend. He's like, hey, my people never leave. Well, so we had that event plan where you guys are going to happen on the 16th. I came down on the 17th just to kind of. Cried our beer and have a drink, and I had a beer. He goes, "Hey, you still want to work with me?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." He goes, "Well, Doug, Doug just left, <laughs> and you know, and I got this event space. I want you to look at." I'm like, "Dude, that's that's done." Fantastic. He goes, "Are they going to take you back?" I said, "I don't care. Doesn't matter." Did did, did that, that's, that location was, ever? Re- yeah, they did. They did? But okay. I, I've not heard good things about it. I haven't. So to be honest, no, and, and we, we we don't do that. So I'm not a lot of people, about yeah, that. I don't know. Um, I just like I don't know. The what's only going reason on. I knew about it. Only reason I knew about it was Haja come to me and he was like, "Hey, we're gonna do this thing." Laid it out. I remember I joked about the Jack Daniels. I'm like, "Dude, we don't. What the fuck are you talking about?" Okay, we were gonna do it. We were super excited about it. 
And we had a Sinatra edition it, there. Well, yeah, yeah. It, we were I was just being was funny. Yeah. Like, it, you know, there's. And I wasn't. I'm, I'm not, not bagging on them. I just, it's, I think it's gone through a lot of turnover. Like, yeah, I never even. I never went there. I don't. I was gonna go. I was. I, I, Mrs. and Mom were coming. It was gonna be this whole thing. Uh, it was, and then it just folded up, and I've literally never heard a word out of him about it since. Dude, I had a hundred tickets. So and there's no reason. Yeah. No, I know it was supposed to be Matt. We were yeah. we were having we yeah. had everything. Right, like, I mean, tickets, we had so shit lined up for that. We had done. Uh, you know, we did one before with Corey and mm-hmm. Oscar, mm-hmm. and uh, Corey rolled some cigars, and so everybody got. Uh, they got the, an Oscar and two hand rolled cigars from Corey. And that that was a, a Glenfiddich Valbini tasting. And I had Key three, in there? Three course meal. Yeah, Key yeah. Is, is awesome. He's a great man. So knowledgeable. Man, yeah. he's just so good. He's uh, one of the bartenders at Majestic up at KC. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, he's in town a lot. But we did that one and I had about, week. we had about 60, 65 two days for that on, one. So we were ready to pull the one out. On, one day here, one day home. I mean, you know, I had that big cardboard poster at down at Stanley's. Yeah, talking about the the event. So it was. Yeah, and even then, me and you were like, dude, I don't think it's gonna happen. Well, cheers, we guys. So had a fucking well, we, we're concerned about the rain. Hell uh, oh, yeah! I think all <laughs> of us, all of us, can talk about this. But I'll let. Uh, uh, well, Barry, I want you to share your experience with this bottle, and then Hodge, I have. We have had this, right? You have had yes, this? Have. Okay. I think I made that prominent when I saw it that we had that. Um, but we all have a really fun, unique story about this bottle. So, Barry, you brought it to the table. Oh, the Davis County? Running out of Davis, yeah. Look, I like I said, I I had a bourbon tasting last Wednesday. We did a little Ezra Brooks and um, the Rebel 100 because those two blend to make the, the, the Davis County. They have the Davies County finish in a Cabernet barrel and the Davies in a French oak barrel. And those were going to be the tastings. And at the last minute, the rep just put in a bottle of this and said, here, this is for you guys. Just, you know, a little thank you for, for having a thing. And uh, so we did a tasting. And Dustin, I don't know if you've done a, a, a yeah, anything with Dustin. Yeah, Dustin's been on the podcast. He's, yeah. he's oh, yeah. awesome. I mean, he's set up, he had, and I've done, when I was at that place, we were, not mentioning before, I did a tasting the first Wednesday of every month. Scotch, bourbon, tequila. We mixed in some wines. We did it. I did that for about eight or nine months. And so this is the first one I've done with Dustin. And he had his setup was great. He actually he actually brought in wood staves. Yeah. And was you know using them as as, as tools and showing people and showing people what the stave looks like. And I mean I had about I only had about 24, 25 people, but they were thoroughly impressed had a couple guys in from out of town that I told at Stanley's the night before I said hey I got this bourbon tasting and he's like well you know, we got 800 people at our convention we can probably bring 8 or 10 people I said there's plenty we of room. 800 people at our convention we well can bring 8 or 10 he said people. I'm sure we can find 8 or 10 <laughs> cigar smokers bourbon drinkers yeah because yeah. um, he didn't know all 800 obviously but he uh, so he came with about 6 or 7 guys and he was so impressed and had such a good time. He's like, hey, we're coming back in June. Uh, and I'd like to, to rent this space for 60 of us and do another bourbon tasting, do this exact same thing. We can do that. I'm like, absolutely. Here's my card. There's my number. Um, so it was a good event. But 20 out of the 25 guys 
So I sell the bottle, and I you know I sell the bottle at a, at a discounted rate. Try to make it the, the the least expensive you pay for that particular bottle if you buy it that night. So you, you taste it, and you know make a little bit of money on the bottle. But it's a it's a these guys are coming out to support me, so I give them a good deal on the bottle. And uh, you know in the past I've sold 20, 25 bottles, and they you know depending on how many people are there, but 20 out of the 25 guys wanted to buy this double barrel. Like that's what they wanted. <laughs> like that we were we're lucky to have it here. You know, I mean, it was just, this was a, a gift and a benefit for you guys to taste it for supporting my first bourbon tasting. But uh, I did sell seven or eight of the French Oak, the Davies finishing the French Oak barrel. Well, it's because Dustin loves that one and he sold it because he talked to them about the difference in the American Oak versus the French Oak and how the French Oak is smaller in the yeah. States. So there's, you know, there's, there's more flavor in the States and he went through this whole thing. So everybody, they realized they couldn't get this one and they wanted the French Oak. Well, there's, well, there's nothing. I, I mean, I've been down there and, and seen the Lux Road Distillery in Barchtown there, and it's they bought it on a peacock farm, which I told these guys down there, and this is just me, how I'm nutty like this. I'm like, why the hell you guys don't have peacock feathers in here? You know, and giving people peacock feathers, because I just think it's a fucking great story. I don't think they've gone wrong. And then, of course, FPG buys Lux Road. They've done all right with FPG buying now, yeah. Fantastic, but there's not a bad product. We've been in the pack, you know, doing the uh, the Blood Oath, all of those lines. I've been doing it since the first one, and we had them on the podcast and whatever. I mean, their stuff has been fantastic. All FPG juice, right? So, I mean, they just don't put out anything that hasn't been delicious. And... I always talked about this when this line came out, that it was fantastic. And then probably about, I don't know, this has been out four or five months, maybe a little longer because you know how time flies. But this is another great product. I'll tell you, this one fantastic. is awesome. And I I actually like the one finished in the cap there better than I do the one in the French Oak. I like that one too. That's my favorite. But uh, like I said, Dustin is a huge fan of the French Oak and that's what everybody bought that night. But, Wait, wait. It was what, just a great event. Dustin yeah. is so knowledgeable and he's he's entertaining and he, he's very entertaining. Oh my God, he's everybody's eyes are glued on Dustin the entire time that he's talking. We did a gambling event down there with them, and then one of my favorite little swanky places is um, the Pagan. Yeah, it's a cool place. I mean, it's a cool spot, dude. If you want an experience like no other. Go to the Pagan, you're not sure when it's gonna open up, right? Yeah, when, when he gets all the candles and all the shit, right? He opens the door, you come in and shit, wait your goddamn turn, don't ask a lot of questions. Whatever's on the menu is what you can get, don't ask any. It's, it reminds me of like uh, uh, the soup Nazi. Yeah. You know, like, you know, read the menu, I don't have time. And that is a shaking motherfucker. He shakes a lot of goddamn drinks down there one night. It's, but it's a great it's experience. A great place. Yeah, fantastic. I haven't been there nearly enough. Megan? Yeah. You know how it is, shit. I live in the city, I work in the city. I mean, I downtown area, so I don't... There's it's like I, cool I end up hanging out. Like There's that. not enough cool places like that, for sure. You're damn right. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. But I make it over there every once in a while. I like to go to Evangeline's for brunch, listen to some music yeah. and while we have a brunch. That's, I think that's a cool... Cool vibe is the Brazilian good. thing next door still kind of going or whatever? 
because I've been in the basement with the owner of that, and that was kind of crazy. Yeah. There's like a little underbelly oh, yeah. down in there, which is crazy. I well, they have a salsa night. Oh uh, shit! The owner of down night. there, and he had a guy in a room down there, and there's like the whole room is full of chairs hanging, and this guy's fixing it, <laughs> doing fucking chairs. I'm like, what the hell? Well, fucking great, great, great uh, conversation. Fantastic. Yeah, this has been. Thank you very so much for setting Thanks. us up, with this man. It's us my pleasure this. anytime. Thank you guys for including me. This will happen again. I got you know. I'm still, I'm still times. trying to wrap my head around that whole outside, inside smoking cigar. Yeah, thing. figure it out, dude. He's got me fucked up. Uh, I'm telling you, it's know. gonna, it's gonna be another podcast. Yeah, it's gotta be a whole fucking way. thing. Whole thing. I, you I, got I, me one now. I gotta smoke my. You know, my go-to AJ Fernandez Bella Artis, I gotta take that out of the golf course and try well, that. I can guarantee you the next out. time me and Mark golf together, we're gonna go mild cigar and see how that changes. I don't thing. have I just, I just thought I just thought everybody did that. No. Hell no. I think that intemperate you're smoking might be the most mild thing <laughs> in my fucking humidor. I mean, I just thought, you know, you're out there and you're sweating and it's 110 degrees and I'm like, yeah. Dude, so Barry, we did a podcast and for about an hour we discussed the idea of a golf cigar. Because I keep hearing so many people, like they'll finish their round, they'll smoke three cigars in the course, they finish, and then they got that one that comes out of the pocket, like they've been waiting on it all day. And I'm like, what the fuck have you been waiting on? Right. And I'm like, I don't understand. If you smoke, everyone's quality is different, right? I don't show anybody, so you smoke whatever you want, okay? If a fucking blondie is your your golden piss pot, Smoke it up, man. I'm so happy. I got people, I'm sure you guys do too, but, all the time. They apologize for, oh, I'm sorry I'm smoking this, yeah. this Java chocolate or this Kuba Kuba. What are you saying? You know, I'm just trying to say, dude, I don't care. You're here smoking a cigar. I love yeah. it, man. That's all that matters yeah. to me. Love it. The fact that you're smoking a cigar and you're having a good time. Yeah. That's I it. Don't That's care. I don't care what you smoke. It's, not, it's, not, what I, it's yeah. not what I smoke, but. That right. doesn't matter. There's a reason right. there's different cigars. Exactly. Right. Everybody's got their own. <laughs> how, how many times have I said this? Sorry, I didn't Everyone interrupt you, but I know. If the same cigar, there'd be one brand yeah. and 80 fucking boxes of it, and, and be nobody would be in the industry. But, yeah, I know you guys hear that shit the same way all the time. No, all the like, time. You know, yeah. They don't apologize to me. What are you sorry for? Yeah. Like, that's, that's like in poker when someone takes someone out. Sorry. What the fuck are you sorry for? Damn, <laughs> <laughs> man. What are you doing? Like, you won. Shut up. Fuck you. Get out. Bye. <laughs> we'll be friends after. But. I, we did this whole podcast, and I was like, I, I have seen, I have seen, like, people that carry two humidors, and the left one's the golf bag, right? The right one is what's after, and the left one is gas station, smoke market, short filler, Cuban sandwich. Now, in this instance, I will say, bullshit compared to what's in the other one. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I've literally seen guys open humidors, two of them. Where in the right one is Anniversary Padron, just fucking name one. And the other one is Onyx, white label, great fucking cigar, right? And then Brick House, Double Kinetic Mighty Mighty. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so the, this is why you're pissed when you miss a shot, because that tastes like ass. <laughs> and you're so excited to sit down because you make your game up, right? Like. I don't understand. They're like, well, what do you smoke? I'm like, dude, I'll tear through that whole fucking humor in your right hand well, I, on the front nine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're saying we're smoking dirt out on a golf course. We're just smoking good. No, no, no. I was using, I was using that. Enough. This was a specific individual. <laughs> and I give him shit every time he comes in from going golfing. I'm like, how is that a corn, baby? <laughs> it tastes good. You know? like. Well, it's more of stuff that I just, I can't bring myself 
to say, I'm going to smoke this on the golf course today. Okay, now I will say I, I have sizes. I, I can't get myself to do something. Like, so, I need to focus fully on that cigar for, for an hour. For example, let's use No Dios, because that's what we were all smoking, yeah. right? So I've got a box of the Mundos, mm-hmm. okay? And then I've got I've got boxes of the Corona, mm-hmm. and I have boxes of the Escogitos, right? I smoked the Mundo on the golf course. You don't have Magicos? No. It wasn't, it wasn't hot on it. Size. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> It's the last time you rate my fucking bar. It's always about size, isn't it? <laughs> I've never rated your bar. You poured me one drink. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, well, We're on air. Yeah, one drink. <laughs> Water. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but there are sizes of things that I'll smoke. Like in Milano, like yeah. I love that number four, and I love that Milano Robusto, Maduro Robusto, or better yet, the Maduro Special Robusto, right? Love those. He's a Toro guy. I'll smoke the Toro on the course. Well, that well, Maduro special. On the Maduro special, right? Like that. That's I'll where that, that, that is I, where I can I say I've got a Robusto all the time. I, we sell. I sell way more than Toros. But I like the little Robusto personally. Oh, dude! I, I if, if I have to pick yeah. sizes and cigars, Corona, Bellicoso, Lancero. That's where I. Fucking, I buy. I'm a big but if me and you are gonna go golf, Let's see I next. just want to start. I'm smoking for the tobacco. That's going to the take a beat, right? Flavor it's gonna take a beat. Like, I can if I'm gonna drive, I can throw it down. Yeah, because you're track. also that guy that goes, I got my club, Stogie. <laughs> yeah, and I'll drop it. And in he grabs it on the on way down. <laughs> and if we pull off, I got mine all set up. Like, yeah. That's the only thing. And if it's too windy, I know it's still gonna hold up. Yeah. And that baby's gonna be smoking. Yeah, it's two minutes, three minutes, but you gotta relight it a lot, but. Don't you love playing with guys that don't smoke much? And you, you lay it down, you throw it down in the, in the freaking grass, and you hit your, hit your ball, and you pick it back up, and you're like, you gonna put that back in your mouth? I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. put it back in my mouth. I'm that's not gonna the, fucking put it out. What are you, nuts? That's, that's, no, that's the same guy that picks his tea up and sticks it in his mouth. <laughs> the cigar itself? Exactly. What are you doing? You're, you're worried about me? <laughs> you're worried about me smoking the cigar that I put on the ground. Come on, man. The, the cigar you know, itself you know they fertilize this. I said, I don't get it. What, what are you talking about? My dick will get bigger. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, how'd you not Nothing talk about bad can happen. How'd you not talk about this earlier? That cigar has touched 100 hands. Yeah, shit. Oh, so who cares? Hundreds. Right? Like, if we ate a little more dirt, we'd probably be healthier. I mean, what yeah. the hell? You can't, you can't live a sterile life. So fucking have some fun. Yeah. All right, guys. So we are we're at that moment. What we are going to do is we are going to shut the podcast down. Barry, don't go anywhere. We do want to talk and hang out, man. Um, but again, want to thank you so much oh, for setting this up. This will not be the last program. time we ask this favor. This is amazing, and I can't wait for us to plan something can't wait here. To get it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, music, the whole nine, it's going to be fantastic. This space is amazing, man. Uh, Thank you very much. I don't think anybody's upset with the swankiness or bouginess of it. The hell, though. no. Did I cover the area? Yeah. Um, our on-air sign is dope. Hope everyone enjoys it. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, from the not Viking, bougie at all, by the way. Uh, I think it is. <laughs> uh, that was a drunken oops, but I, I like the way it turned out, so I don't care. Um, from the Viking Mahalo guys, thank you so much. Uh, Scooby Drew, how about you say your piece, then we'll let the cowboy go, and then Barry will take us out, okay? Smoke the new Mildias. You won't regret it. Well, there you go. Well, listen, again, uh, yeah, yeah, for me too, thanks, Barry. I know it was a short, short deal. I sent you a text, and I was down at my farm, so maybe you didn't get it. But anyway, I get that. 
doesn't matter. I'm glad we connected. I'm glad we were able to come down here today. And from the Bourbon Cowboy, as always, for our listeners, man, thanks for listening in. And uh, I can't wait till next week. Who knows what the hell we'll have on that show. But you know us. We fly by the hip. Uh, so next Gary. week, next week we are at Smoke and Sip for oh, our right. Cut yeah. and Light event there. Uh, so we'll have Lonell on. We'll be in the podcast booth. <laughs> It's a table and shit. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll be out there. So um, we'll put some stuff out about that. If you guys want to come out to Smoke and Sip, we're doing a uh, Cyclops and Hooligan cut and light. So that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Barrel, make sure you get some smokes too, okay? I'll make yeah. sure you get them next awesome. week. Thank you. All right. Um, so, uh, Barry, take us out, man. Man, look, again, I appreciate you guys. Good short notice. Right on. I did not get your text. However, I did decline one number because I didn't realize you had an out-of-state phone number. I know, because I might have you. I don't know who that is. Fuck. Yeah, fuck. But then I got the second message. I got the second voicemail. But anytime I can help out, I'm happy to help out. This is great. I enjoy this. And again, you know, I'm still learning. I've been doing it for two years full time. I'm still learning more than I know about cigars, hence the outside inside thing. But I'm going to test that theory out. Next right time on. I'm outside, I'm gonna smoke what I normally smoke. And, but you're you're a great proponent for the industry, man. Oh, I mean, if you yeah. hadn't said two years, I, I wouldn't believe you. I really. Oh, would. that's I appreciate that. Yeah. That's, I, I told him I told him the same thing when I met him that he was a casual smoker for X amount of years. I never would have believed it. But uh, and this this fucking kid, to great. be honest, I mean, I blew his mind two years ago, and now he's he's a. Uh, very well put together so i remember the first time i met him which wasn't that long ago and he was like dude i didn't know anything about bourbon or cigars until we opened this up and blah 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 yeah. and i look at interviewing magazines and he's like you know, is he's, that out yet huh? oh yeah oh great the pca is out yeah, yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen photo creds i haven't seen it, it oh i showed is it, it to, i showed it to will he was gonna he said he was gonna give me a little shit but i guess he didn't do it what for doing fun time uh for just the the interview whatever oh, i okay. forget what i don't know but no, it's yeah, it's Will. Whatever. Well, it was you. Yeah. Will, yeah. Will gives you. Well, I one little tidbit to Lit. I mean, me and Mark came into Lit like two years ago, and yeah, sat down and we did our first podcast there, and we had such a blast. And then he was like, "Hey, man, I really like to have you guys." You know, come here and hang out and do your thing and whatever. And it's been a great experience, man. Speaking of Will, I have an event on May 20th. Yo, put it up. Yeah. yeah. That we're going to do. And now it's going to be, It's a. It, I'm doing a collaboration with 105.7 The Point. Okay. Jeff, Burton, Jeff Burton, big cigar guy. Burton's coming down. Yeah, it's my neighbor. Burton's going to MC the thing and host the thing. Patrico's going to DJ. Oh, shit. Okay. So we're selling, uh, my, I, I've got some VIP tickets. Which is going to be in this space. Make sure we see that. Yeah. We'll make sure that Absolutely. we're here. We're going to have then, some VIP tickets to meet Burton and Patrico and probably the whole morning show. You know how that goes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have Dustin's doing a bourbon sandwich. As long as Moon's not here. Yeah. Riz can. I like Riz. Riz, Riz is Moon, fine. I'm not, I'll know. kick Moon out that fucking door. But Dustin's going to do some bourbon samples. I got Chris Leonard from Muddy Arch Wines. He's going to do some wine samples. Nice. Probably throw a charcuterie plate around or something. Can you help with that? We know somebody. Coup de Gras. Hamlet's going to be here doing a cigar rolling class. No, so sure. Keep it yeah, yeah, we know. How about yeah. that? Wow. So that's going to be a VIP ticket up in this space. I'll sell 30 of those tickets. It will sell 50 general admission tickets. And This uh, is when? Uh, Friday, May 20th. Okay, there's nothing going on then. Ooh. What time? Well, I'll be out of time. I'll be in Vegas. I'm going to open uh, 
We're going to open the VIP room about six o'clock, six to seven thirty, and then the show downstairs will start at the show downstairs will start at seven thirty. Okay, cool. We give right. about ninety minutes up here to hang out with Burton and whoever, and uh, Burton Patrico and Hamlet, and get the wine samples, the bourbon samples. And you samples. can stay up here if you'd like. You can now, uh, and we'll have some we'll have some Hamlet cigars for sale, obviously. Obviously, yeah. so five packs. So five packs for uh, VIPs, which will get a better price than the general admission people. The Fantastic. general admission can come in and buy some, but there'll be a, it'll be well, a better let's, price. Well, let's make sure that, yeah, I know you and Hodge are in contact, yeah, yeah. so let's make sure, yeah. and then we'll do that for you sure. can always reach us for any reason, our Instagram. And go but I, think that's gonna be, so, I think that should be yeah. a really cool event. That's going to be awesome. I mean, man. you guys know better than me, but Hamlet's regard is one of the best in the world, right? He's a stud. Yeah. yeah. He's a stud. So. That was gonna a, try that, and outdress you though. That was a good, good. That was yeah. a good. That was a that was a lucky get. He happens. To, he just happened to be here the next day. That's how he got that date. He was. He's somebody's bringing him in on the twenty first to do an event, and I won't say his name again. But he said, "Hey, well, why don't we we'll try to get him a day early?" And so we did it. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, I gotta say about Hamlet. Don't try and outdo him. He will shut you the hell down well, very quickly. I've already been yeah. told. We can't let it get too crazy because the big event for him is the next day. This is a, a favor. We're doing this event. Yeah, we'll you know, right. Um, like, dude, I've seen Nish and Rocky in action, so uh, how, uh, how different could it be? They gave, they gave him his own factory. That's how different it is. Yeah. Damn, it's a wild man. Um, all right, cool. So that's May 10th. May 20th. Uh, May 20th. We'll make sure we get all those details out to everybody I'll as well. get those details to Hodge for sure. Yeah. Um, if you our, could, our, make sure we mention the Camacho thing. Uh, yeah. We'll thank Lit, our locker sponsor. Yeah. Make sure you feed the event, yeah. too. I completely forgot about all of that. All good. So April 28th, we got a Camacho tasting uh, with Dan at uh, Camacho Davidoff, all that good stuff. Um, so we're doing jerky, barbecue sauce, three different cigars. You got the Connecticut, you got the Ecuador, and then the uh, distilled. Um, the Crow. The, the Crow. Uh, you get a, with, with that $30 ticket, you get a humidor itself. It's about a 20 count. You can also open it, it's probably 30. Um, you get a ticket into winning a Pit Boss. We'll have deals running that night to win more tickets for that. Um, you can go to blitstl.com, get those tickets there, call the shop, come into the shop, everything, do that. And then May 10th, we have our Roos Chris dinner. Uh, last time we did Luciano. Uh, this time we have Sean Williams with Cohiba, and we are uh, we're doing a fun little new uh, new cigar uh, by them. So make Luciano, sure you check Luciano's that out. The best though, I Luciano is great. I started, that's why I started to say earlier. Fucking gem. I've been at Stanley's for two years, and we've done several events. A lot of cigar reps, you know, but Luciano was there, and we were, and I, I was just behind the bar working, and at any given time I would look over, and Luciano would be surrounded by five or six of our regulars just talking cigars and they were just enthralled yeah. by what he was talking about. He's one like of the most just, brilliant and he minds. Was, he wasn't there, like he had somebody selling the cigars for him, working that in. He was just, he was just given knowledge about cigars. And, and it was really, really cool to see. And it's so hard because yeah. that was our first, our own bourbon cigar dinner it was Chris. So it was like, who can we get that can even get close to that? Uh, I mean, Shaw Williams is a... That's going to be a he, hard follow, he's, yeah. He's got so much... At the end of the night, there's 15 or 20 people left. Luciano goes out to his car, comes back in, sits down at the bar, just starts yep. rolling cigars. Yep. yep. Just roll, yep. He rolled a cigar for everybody that was left. Yep. And I'm like... I mean, it was... If we've done, I don't know how many events in two years, two, the two years I've been there, plus 
two or three years I've gone to events before, but that yeah. was by far the best event we've had. He's, yeah. he's the man. Yeah, but it, it'll be really fun to meet Sean. Yeah. Um, and that event is open to everyone. It, it is. is 275 a ticket. Yeah. Now that ticket gets you a full flight of Michter's Tasting plus oh. the new Michter's Barrel Aged Rye. You got the Michter's 10 year in there? No. Michter's Barrel. Oh, <laughs> shit. You're going to get Nobody two Cohiba cigars that we will not tell you because, well, you'll see I'll give them you then. One. I'll give you one. You get a Cohiba Connecticut. You get a Connecticut. It's a phenomenal Connecticut. I mean, you Whatever. can't get much better. I'm there for the other one. And then you get a full five-course custom chef-built dish meal uh, from about 6 to midnight, smoking, eating, drinking, cocktails. Tax and gratuity included. And it'll be outside. Nice. Outside. Mm -hmm. and let's so you can smoke through barring, dinner. Barring weather, we'll move it inside. We'll have the whole upstairs. It'll be great. Got Brad Roper from uh, Southern Glaciers yeah, going through all the Mictor stuff with you. Oh, and Brad's the man, isn't he? He's the man. When we finish this, I do want everyone to know there was someone very close to uh, that became a good friend of mine was an old gentleman, a, a very wise old man. Uh, the guy had a hell of a life and was just a, a gem of a person. Absolute um, sunshine to Whitaker Dick Every Siegel uh, passed away Monday night. Um, He'd had a lot of health issues in his latter part of life, um, and he died peacefully Monday night in the hospital. So we'll throw this out to him. Um, his funeral's tomorrow morning. Right, I know cheers, some of cheers, Yeah, we, we should, Dick uh, we should Dick uh, Dick Siegel. Cheers. We'll miss you, buddy. Um, your seat's reserved at poker forever, so. On his behalf, go Cardinals. Sadly, he, he's still a believer. Go Rams. Wow. Yeah. He is. We're still a diehard he, Rams fan. He got and to see that chance. This fucking guy. So he, he lived in an assisted living spot, right? Obviously, his health. So he couldn't smoke inside. So he would go out. He had a Ford Edge. He would go out to his car every Blues game, turn the radio on, smoke cigars, and drink Budweiser on ice yep. in his car. Yep. That's what that man did. And occasionally he'd have a crown, and he did like the larceny pick. Yeah. He did like that. So we'll throw that out to him. And uh, so from the Viking, we're out. Mahalo, thank you. Yeah, the Bourbon Cowboys been in there. And uh, listen, we'll see you next time. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, it's going to be true. I appreciate y'all.